0: Everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Min Max Show podcast. Place about games, friends, getting better. My name is Ben Hansen. Thank you for being here. I'm joined by one Kyle Hilliard. Hello, just one. I'm joined by two Janet Garcia. Hi. Oh. Hi. And I'm joined by three Jacob Geller. Welcome to the show, Jacob. Three Jacob Gellers. Four birds a-calling. Uh, thank you all for being here. We appreciate it. We got a lot to talk about on this here show. It's kind of a grab bag new game show. Um, you like those, right, Kyle?
1: love gbngs Do you, Ss.
0: <laughs> have you noticed that trend by the way is it scott ackerman that started it like the the acronym trend as like the quick joke scott ackerman
2: the, the point Bob's is, all-terman? we're going to be ta- talking about uh, other games. Lockerman? From God this joke it. opportunities. If right. you've <laughs> been asking for it, we're bringing it. Oh, do
1: oh, show. <laughs> I know Will Forte, that was like, I would, he would listen to some interview with him where he was like, I used to do that incessantly, just make everything an acronym in every conversation. So I think yeah. he started it, but it wasn't like a public podcast thing. I think, I'm a, I think
0: I'm nearing my burnout on it. So if you could just never do that again, Kyle, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, but hey, no. on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about As Dusk Falls. We're going to be talking about Escape Academy for my mate bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about Klonoa, the big uh, remaster of the first two games coming out on everything. We're going to be talking about Stray because everybody on the internet wants to talk about Stray and we've been playing Stray and we're here to talk about it. And Leo Vader will be talking about it as well because he's here to talk about it because it's Stray because it's about a cat. And then back after the show, we have a ton of great questions that people submitted over there on Patreon, patreoncom minmax with two ends. We appreciate it. We're trying hard for everybody. Um, Hey, Jacob Geller, let's get to to the heart of this whole thing. What's this Princess Mononoke documentary you were talking about on Twitter?
3: Great question. Thank you. I just, I was reading, there was some, like, uh, BBC story about, like, the Western world wasn't ready for Princess Mononoke. And they just referenced, there's a six-hour documentary of this. And I said... Wiki, what? Um, And and I looked up and it is it's in Japanese, but there is an American subtitled version that I just found on some like strange streaming site linked on like a Reddit thread. But I I put that in my tweet about it. I've watched the first two hours of it because it's kind of in three parts. Yeah, it is incredible. If you are as obsessed with that movie as I am, like it's it's like there are like five minute conversations of miyazaki and the colorist like deciding what color like someone's clothes should be when it's night and they're like well it would be darker and miyazaki's like yeah but we still want it to be bright and it's like (laughs) that's
0: (laughs) amazing
3: there's a there's a scene where he just brings the entire office to a stop and he's just like do dogs move their tongue when they pant and then it's just like a bunch of animators sitting in a room being like
4: do dogs move their tongue when they pant? It and then you get to see incredible. like
3: the final result where it's like
1: actually no they don't move their tongues when they pant. They just kind of really? move their mouth. Uh, <laughs> and that's I, it I for the I just wolves. I just got this like the other day like this oh, art hell book yeah. and it's got like a preface from Miyazaki in the front. Like I've been keeping it on my desk just like waiting for a moment when I'm like in between doing something to read the full sort of, you know, uh prologue. But yeah, I, that sounds incredible, man. I it's Princess Mononoke is my answer. Lately, for the last couple of years, when people ask me my favorite movie,
0: it's—I I think, think it is the correct story. answer. Like Kyle, were you there? Did you see it in theaters with us years ago? And isn't playing in theaters? And that was just that reminder. Of, like I hadn't yeah. seen it for like ten years, and seeing it on the big screen is just like, yeah, this might be the greatest movie ever made. It's really. I was—I mean, was, I was super late
1: because it was like an awful winter storm. Yeah. And oh, I that's came right. In right as she was storming the Lady Eboshi's like castle. Oh my god! Which is like one of the best action sequences in movies period like it's yeah I was so happy that I made it for that you know but yeah, yeah. And
3: it's it's just this documentary is one of those things where it's just like it the documentarian just seemed like he sat behind Miyazaki for like two years and just just with a camera just filming like every conversation so it is if if you're not that interested in it it would be incredibly boring but if you want to see just like conversations about how many frames of animation a sword swing should have it's
0: like perfect <laughs> Oh, uh, by the way, That's Owen awesome. McCarter submitted a question on Patreon. They say, hey, Minimax, after uh, asking about people's favorite media slash movies of the year, I finally watched RRR, and it is the best movie of the year, hands down. The songs will be stuck in my head for a long time. My only question is, why aren't more people talking about this movie? And Jacob Keller, I know you've been uh, trying to do the Lord's work over there, screaming about RRR, but can you do anything about that runtime? Because every time I want to watch it, I look at that three-hour... on, dude. <laughs> You're right. People, right.
3: people watch freaking, like... 12 episodes of TV where nothing happens. It's like there's an intermission in the middle
0: of it. It's just right. to a director two, of one and a half hour movies. Yeah. yeah, did you see that? I love that, Jen, where James Cameron did that interview where he's like, oh, everyone's complaining about a two and a half hour, three hour movie. Please forget about it. Have you seen these TV shows lately? It's like, he has a point. Like, people are used to watching a lot of content at once. Can I can I keep taking us off topic?
3: I watched Avatar like all the way through yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, that movie's good.
4: Yes. Like,
1: people, all right. <laughs> everyone. Everyone, like everyone kind of makes fun of it, but it's like I've never seen is, it. What <laughs> it really, good, Janet? Yeah. And it's like
2: it's I never goofy it. and
1: dumb, but it's great. Janet. I don't want to blow your mind, but. An acclaimed director who has made some of the best and most successful <laughs> films ever made another very successful and good movie. I it's, it's
2: I, right. I, I don't mean I to blow your ride, mind though uh, at Disney and that's the best. <laughs> that might be the best Disney ride. So uh, I want to. Yeah, it. people rave about it's that. super good. It's legitimately good. It's not even just good for the Disney park, which Disney's cool in that it's like very detailed and like clean, but like the rides aren't super exciting. Like it's not like a thrill place, but it, with the exception of the ride of the Banshee, the avatar ride is incredible. I don't care what the wait time is. You need to go. Yeah. It is the only thing you need that. And I guess the, um, the haunted mansion is also pretty dope. So there's that, but it's
0: no bad. Uh, it, one. Jacob, you need to look up and I, I rarely recommend this to people, but Everybody's favorite 2020 political candidate, uh, those running for president, Marianne Williamson. Remember, everybody was like, she's into crystals, get her! Um, She has a podcast, and she had like an hour-long interview with James Cameron, and it's just her gushing about Avatar, and like... (laughs) It is just a here's, good insight into like that I think level of. Marion
3: Williamson is a perfect
0: person to host a podcast. I think Do that's a good Do I want her to be president?
3: Right. No, but like host a podcast, sure.
0: Right, right. Yeah, we should just vote for who's the most perfect person to host a podcast. And we can use the Electoral College. I mean, any system you want, just to find who is, is actually the best you, host. Would you get a beer choice? With this number person? one, David Sims. Number two. <laughs> I think I think you're right. Because as far as I'm concerned in my life, like podcasting has replaced uh, conversing face-to-face. And so at this point, yeah, it's like, who do you want to get a beer with? That's just code for who do you want to record a podcast with? Because in the future, they're going to call talking podcasting, is my theory. Mm. And it's also the platform I'm running on. Everybody, take to the ballots. Um, anyways, so hey. Write,
1: uh, me <laughs> write me in. Write me in, please. Good, have fun. Let's go to the ballots.
0: To the <laughs> polls. Oh, my me. <laughs> Pokemon, go to the polls. Uh, hey, um, this Friday... I hope you're listening to this and you're excited because Live Alive is coming out, which is a game that we were so close to doing the deepest dive on. Um, But instead we're doing Jack and Daxter and Janet's finishing that off this week. Uh, She's taking over hosting duties for the second half of that one. So please enjoy that. Uh, But the point is Live Alive is coming out on Friday and we'll be talking about it. The plan is to be talking about it in a big way uh, next week on the podcast and maybe even do some bonus content on top of that because I'm very excited about that. So we're talking about new games on this episode, but we should give a shout out to uh, the big new game on Friday. Uh, hey there is a game that came out recently it's one of these uh old xbox games also on steam and people were yelling at us for not talking about it more i think on last week's episode of the podcast there are a couple xbox games that we missed which is fair i think it's because they weren't in game informers roundup but it was stuff like um oh penitent what is the obsidian rpg the one that's coming up
1: is that coming out this year it
0: is coming out this year oh wow Pentiment. You talk
1: about that one a lot, though. We did.
0: Yeah, on another episode. But no but we one forgot banged. about it. No Nobody banged it because I forgot to throw it in the list. Um, anyways, there's a game called As Dusk Falls that's out now, out on Game Pass and everything else uh, known to man. It's from a studio called Interior Night, I guess that's how you technically read that thing out loud. Um, and Janet, help me out with this. I played the first chapter of it. It is in <laughs> the wheelhouse of some old Telltale in the wheelhouse of, dare I say, like a life is strange, in the wheelhouse even of like super massive, but very, very low on the interactivity end of that spectrum. Is that a good way to frame what this thing is?
2: Um, I would call, I mean, it's not a bad way, but I actually disagree with you on the low interactivity element. I yeah. mean, I think it's, it's doesn't have a, it's not a walking sim in any a level. So you're not moving around. And I no guess control. that yeah. is why you're describing it as low interactivity. But for me personally, I always think about my activity in a choice driven game, like a narrative choice driven game, a.k.a. Life is Strange. You know, those are the examples as being the decisions I'm making and how often I'm making decisions. And I feel like I'm making decisions all the time in yeah. that game versus the quarry, you know, talking about super massive. I just started that um, last week. Loving the art, the, the cinematography in that. I think the visuals look incredible in that game and i'm liking the plot and writing so far but there weren't a lot of like big decisions to really be made and that it's a very slow burn so i so i will just put that caveat there yes you're not you're not moving around it's very point and click you're getting little scenes and you're watching it happen but you are making a lot of choices throughout that chapter
0: yeah uh jacob have you seen this thing have you seen the the look of yeah. Can I?
3: I'm sorry. My uh, my white is uh, losing so just its sub mind. On or something. <laughs> yeah. We're getting the party <laughs> started. Brr, brr,
2: brr. <laughs> getting uh, really hyped for this statement right here. Okay. The visuals um, of As Dust Falls.
3: Can, can I tell you my big impression yeah. of that game when Please. I went to look at it on uh, Xbox this morning? 70 gigabytes. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, that was I was like, I was like, maybe I'll play like the first 30 minutes of this before the podcast. And I looked at it I was like, there is no way in hell this game is worth 70 gigabytes on my hard drive. I'm sorry to as dusk falls, you know, you, not a quality. Judgment you can
0: delete games geez. after the fact. It's not that it's locking down 70 gigabytes forever on your Xbox. It's just, it's like that's a flight simulator, right? Like that's that
2: is huge. I'm shocked to hear that Um, because I mean, I think I didn't notice.
3: It's it's probably because one of the things about the game is like it's all it's all like pictures, right? So it's like they're saving like seventy gigabytes of of four K pictures onto your hard drive. It was just it was just very strange because I was like, this game, this like
0: kind of small narrative driven game, it is weird. Like Vo is gonna pick up a lot of space, and this is a weird note to start with on Dustfalls. Falls, but I like it. But, like, videos are gonna take up a lot of space, and then, yeah, maybe something with the presentation is, like, it's the equivalent of, like, uh, large Photoshop files, because that's all the game is. It has, a real visual novel look, where it's kind of just panning yeah, and scanning the, minimal animation for these images.
2: The, um, the head of the studio described it as, like, each scene is, like, painted. Okay. So... I mean, there's light animation, but it's very light animation. Yeah. It's, uh it's animation akin to like if you had a graphic novel that had like some light animation on it where like the panel moved or something. It's right. like that level of not a lot of animation. So, yeah, it is shocking to hear that it's so large. I'm also shocked that I didn't notice, but I guess I don't have a lot on my Series X right now. So I yeah. didn't the classic you can't do this did not pop up on mine, which is probably why I didn't notice that it was so yeah. so large. I mean,
3: I so it's like I saw the trailer for this during the Xbox show. They, it was one of those where they devoted like a lot of time to it, you know, where it right, felt like right. the trailer was like five minutes long. And I guess it was just like it's entirely story-based and in the trailer the voice acting was like really not hitting, but I'm I'm curious if that is just Because it didn't play well in a trailer and not, you know, necessarily the game.
0: The first chapter, at least, I like the voice work. There's one thing, though. So, you know, the mouths aren't moving and everything. So these are real people that they took pictures of and then they're stylizing and putting in the game and animating. And I think because of that, um, it's not like they're doing full performance capture. So I'm trying to figure out, and Janet, you might know, how much they're mixing and matching voice talent versus just the actual actors they took pictures of on the set because there's some people like kind of the dad character who looks like Alex Van Aken from Game Informer um, but his voice is like too good looking <laughs> for his... Wait, I guess that's offensive to Alex Van Aken. I just feel like it's, it's like a weird <laughs> disconnect between the voice Slash, and the character.
2: I'm still hung up on you being like this dad, this old grandpa sounds pretty hot, right? Not, not, the grandpa, is- not the grandpa! Not
0: the grandpa! The, oh, the, the dad. The middle-aged guy. The voice is like seductive maybe it's confusing maybe it's mixing and matching and maybe this I is the way
2: reality
1: is what i'm hearing well, you. Some i am sound with you. hotter
2: than they look and obviously it's all subjective
1: look we're all podcasters um, i didn't
2: <laughs> i didn't hear the dad and go me oh my you know personally but <laughs> I if, that, if it did that for you ben like that's Fair and fine. I
0: chose the meal my option when it popped up on the screen in that QuickTime <laughs> event. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. The
0: VO—it's—it's it's not bugging like me. Or daddy? So am I right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's a game that I think. Um, it's interesting that it's the studio is French. Um, so it's a little bit like that first Life is Strange, right? Where like Don't Knot is taking a a French perspective on a very. American-focused story in the American Southwest Quantic here. every Dream game. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. It doesn't feel as disconnected as those two examples, you know? Um, but it's one of those things where I wrapped up that first chapter and it's like, okay, kind of, you know, you could say minimal interaction or not moving around necessarily how engaging could it be, but like by the end of it, it's like, okay, this got me. I'm actually invested in, in these choices and what's happening here because it seems like there's a fair bit of branching happening, but Janet, I don't know how far you got and if you have more insight into how much flexibility there is here
2: yeah i'm only into chapter one i played it uh, by myself with my brother and then um you know full transparency i did the um kind of funny had a yeah like crossover event with xbox and as does falls like for the launch party and they also have like sponsored content right this week um i also got pulled into that very late so like i don't know take take that for what you will if you care about that information i but think just you should share yeah. that out there because i also played it with like a 100 people on stage where you so i'll get to that part later but as far as just like what i thought of the game i really enjoyed the drama of it i will say personally i was not a fan of the art style and direction when i first started it yeah it felt very jarring um and it felt kind of awkward in some spots because like they they let you sit in moments where but when you're sitting in a moment but there's nothing moving it's a little awkward um like when you first start the game there'll be like these long pauses and i'm like Uh, you know, that combination really took me out of it when I first booted it up. But once I, like, kind of got over that and and embraced, like, okay, this is the vibe they're going for visually, uh, I love the decisions, I like the drama of it all, they do some fun cutting back and forth between these different groups of characters and then, you know, light spoilers, like, there might be some overlap in, like, their experiences, right, on what's going on. So I was all in on the drama and the decisions, so So that made me, like, warm up to the art style. Like, after a while, I didn't care about the the art direction they did, but personally when I first got into it, I was like, don't know how I feel about this. And then as far as the branching though, I will say I was very impressed by that. And showing you all these different narrative um levels you can go to. And it's the most impressed I've been from a flow chart like that (laughs) since I played Detroit Become Human, which, granted, again, lots of criticisms of that game, but I think narratively, in terms of how they structure the choices and the variety there. And also, the, you know, the visuals of that game and the, and the music of that game. There's a lot of things that are good about that game. That there are true. also things I don't like about it. But Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So uh, y- you hinted at this. Uh, I'm very curious on a couple aspects of it. The multiplayer angle. Like, you can use your phone and you can, like, vote in a group on what's happening. Is that what's going
2: on? Yeah. up to You can play with up to eight people, I believe, locally. And you can use controller or your phone. I admittedly have not tried using my phone, so I can't speak to how that how well that works but you basically all pick and then whatever gets the most votes wins and you can have you also have an override option so if the four of us were playing together you know and um i don't know stay in the house wins i can say oh override we're going with my decision and then you could also override my override so it can (laughs) get pretty funky um and like like,
1: limited overrides or anyone can override Okay, all right, that makes you sense. Can you can set it... It's um, like, what's the point of voting if everyone can override all the time? But that makes sense. It's
2: um, I often ask myself, what's the point of voting here? But anyway, um, that's, topic that's, that's a larger episode. problem. <laughs> That's a larger problem in the country about voting. But um, as far as the game, like you can set it. um, I think it defaults to one or three. Uh, I'm not sure what it caps out at, but it is a a limited thing. And then they also have Twitch integration the way uh, Life is Strange has done this for a while. Like Square Enix Mm -hmm. has done this with their games where you can have um, Twitch basically play with you where they players vote in the chat and then same deal. You can also override those decisions. So I played on stage with three other people from the team and from Xbox. And then also everyone that was in the audience uh, at the Fonda theater in LA. So
0: Uh, was that a thrill, Janet? I just saw pictures of it and it looked very exciting to like be in front of a huge crowd playing a video game with Xbox. Yeah.
2: It was interesting, like, I, I feel like when I stream, I'm very much like, it's not that different from when I play by myself. The only yeah. difference is people answer when I talk um, aloud, but it was interesting to have, like, the energy of a crowd, and especially for a game where it's, like, choice-driven. And then it was that, that thing where I played through it once, so I didn't want to, like, I'm like, do I pick the same stuff, do I pick oh, something different? Sure. Um but I had fun with it overall, and it was cool playing off of, like, the crowd's energy. It was the first time I played a game on stage in front of people. And it's probably the chillest game you can play in front of people, because you're just clicking on choices. I'm like, how badly can I play yeah. this? Like, no one can... It's like I'm like, like, you know, on E3 stage, like, yeah. the first build of this. And I'm like, oh, the Wiimotes aren't syncing. Like, you know, it has have been way more stressful. So do you think? Really um,
0: well. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, so please stop me if I am. But uh, do you think Minmax is blowing it by not trying to do big, weird game collaboration things like kind of funny is because that seems like one of those things that's like God that feels like another level but if we're striving to be a bigger organization maybe we should make those weird partnerships for events like this.
2: I mean I think there's always like for me I find that really appealing and I'd love to do stuff like that. I think it just depends on what Again, this is kind of getting very meta, but like, what is your magic wand situation for the company? Mm. Is it just this, but with more money? Is it this, but with more people? Well, it's kind of it like having that.
0: Yeah, it's it's this. But if Kyle would stop turning his camera off and on,
1: that's kind like of like my ideal version of it. I'm Max. like checking all my cables. I'm <laughs> squeezing USB cables closer together. <laughs> Every, I don't know. Everything's fine for yeah, us. It just I depends.
2: Know. I mean, it, it was it was like really cool to do, yeah. um, but like there are also people that like don't. Aren't as interested in doing kind of like streaming entertainment style content. I think kind of funny very much lives between both of those, where the podcast has like more formal review content, but then there's also like sponsored stuff, which which sometimes people want a wider separation between those things. So it just depends on on what you want. Um, Hmm. I I just like any personally for me as a creator, I like anything that involves me playing games and talking about those games. With a preference towards podcasting and editorial content is, and I like streaming (laughs) too. So yeah, I'll do whatever.
0: You're, you're so focused, you, you're like, um, you know, as a Jay-Z, you said, I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman."
2: <laughs> I never in my life thought you would quote Jay-Z to me, <laughs> ever, Wait, you, where, am I dreaming like that?
0: <laughs> But I feel like that is how you approach your content creation. You're so focused and so militant about everything. It's really, it's inspirational. Uh, you're really, you're, you're, you. you're on it. I'm,
2: st- I can't believe that you even, I, I'm shocked yep. to hear you. Well, this. look,
0: I'm full of surprises. Turn off the entire stream accidentally for the video version. The point is, As Dusk Falls, um, I might keep playing. I'm playing on Steam Deck, and it's weird. It's the first Steam Deck game that's forced me to use like the uh, mouse controls, like the little touchpad mm-hmm. thing. So I'm getting a real hardware thrill, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun to like have to use this thing, and it's not clunky because it's basically just, hey, click on the clock over here, then go over here and click on this, you know? And sometimes it's kind of timed, but uh, As yeah, Dusk but Falls, I everybody. What's that?
2: I-, I plan to finish it. Oh, what good. about you? Are you...
0: Yeah, I think so. If I just want like a, a relaxing story-based experience on Steam Deck, I think it's a, it's a good way to go, yeah. So, as us follows, everybody! Um, also, speaking of a, a weird overlap here, um, we have Escape Academy, which, full transparency, uh, is co-published by I Am 8-Bit, who's a big supporter of ours, and specifically <laughs> they're supporting us in a way so we plug uh, the podcast during the ad, or plug the game during the uh promoted slot on the podcast every week but uh if it's any consolation with a grain of salt and all that stuff is like if we didn't like this game we wouldn't talk about it in addition to that slot but
1: uh kyle you finished escape academy yeah um i I escaped it's uh (laughs) i ended up playing i think it was like two sittings my wife and i ended up playing through it which is like that's fun kind of unique because even though my wife and i both play a lot of video games we we really don't play co-op games together. It's rare where one sticks out for us and we get into it together. But um, yeah. this one we played through and finished, and I I liked it. It's it's funky. It's I I I think one of the things I like about it is like it has kind of a stupid premise, but you I, like the I whole sort of enjoy idea? the story of it. It's like it's like wow, you're really good at escape rooms, so we're gonna whisk you off to like the Hogwarts equivalent of doing escape rooms. And it's like, I don't think I'm like gaining any practical experience by solving these puzzles, but I like the that. There's a story to give you, you practical
2: know? experience. Cause I have some <laughs> people to talk. <laughs> the
1: idea, but I, I, but there's like, you know, there's characters, there's twists. It's like they, every bit of dialogue is like tweet length. And everyone only says like three things between the puzzle rooms. It's just enough to give you like a little incentive to like have some context for why you're in the kitchen, trying to, you know, turn off the gas and stuff like that. So, well, I think um, I think
0: it's important, yeah. too, just for giving you, like, some downtime to relax because I've only played, eh, maybe first, like, hour and a half or so of Escape Academy. I'm enjoying it. Um, but it's really stressing me out. So, like, when you're jumping into all these the puzzles rough. and that timer is clicking, ticking down, and I know they do some little cheats and stuff where they'll boost the time every once in a while, um, but still, But also, like, I
1: mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter. Like, even if the timer yeah. runs out, you just extend another five minutes because like there were a lot of times where we were like literally we knew the solution we were moving things around and then the timer went out and like it's like ah crap Eh, give us another five minutes right and then it took us like two seconds to finish the puzzle (laughs) yeah again playing it my big thought
0: is like why has anybody done this in a big way yet it's really shocking so coin crew games the developer here their last game, according to their site, was Hot Wheels King of the Road in the arcade, which Sarah Pazorski might have worked on in some capacity. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, and it's how, like... How, how many conflicts of interest can we yeah, I know, that's really the it. challenge. <laughs> as long as we're being transparent, heads up. Um... But it's like, yeah, how has nobody gone for like a full just digital version of escape rooms? Because they can do cool stuff in here that they couldn't do in a real life escape room. Like even one of the early levels, it's like slowly filling with water and you're like climbing up. It's like, oh, turns out there's no risk of drowning in a game. So you can really go nuts with some of these designs. Um, I guess so I haven't I haven't
3: touched this yet. I picture just like a game where you like click on everything in a room to see if it does something. Like, how do they Mm. avoid that being like, the um, the thing that you're doing?
1: It's... It, it, you can only interact with certain things, right? You can look at everything, and maybe there's... You can click on something, and it has a little bit of dialogue, but it's, like, very clear if something is an interactable switch or something mm. like that. And a lot of the game is, like, noticing a code or some kind of pattern on a wall and translating that into, like, some sort of device somewhere else, which is actually, that ends up being a big benefit of co-op play, is, like, someone can just stare at a wall while you go over to the other side and, like, enter the code that the person is looking at on the wall.
0: Yeah, it is nice. But even, like, playing by yourself, they... I think the UI, they do a good job of making it so it's not too much of a pain in the ass just to, like, comb through the environment. Like, you can go through your inventory and, like, pin stuff up so it's in the corner of your screen as you're walking around. So if you need that code up or something like that, so it's not too much of a hassle to play by yourself. And, like, I'm playing just, I'm doing the controls, and then my wife is, like, shouting at ideas, and that's, like, a, a soft version of co-op. Yeah. But I think it's also super fun. Which, by the way, uh, people watching at the Backstage Pass tier, watching us live, uh, Shazira... Mm-hmm. Says, aha, excuse me, uh, they have done this game before, it's called Escape Simulator, it was a game that came out last year, and apparently it has a bunch of community maps, so I'm sorry that one escaped my eye, but apparently
1: people well, like I that mean, one just, on I remember also playing a lot of weird Flash games that were, like, a. That's That's what
3: right. I was going to say, huh. kind of almost like, like, hidden object puzzle type things, where you're like, oh, you put the seed in the flower, and then the flower grows and does a
1: thing.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, I assume this is on a a different level than that. It's a little
1: more sophisticated. You're walking around a 3D environment, you know, and like picking up things. And so that's sort of the big difference. It does. It does definitely feel. And I say this in like the nicest way possible. It feels like and it's it feels like a first shot at this type of game. Like it's Mm, kind of buggy. It's kind of muddy. It doesn't really feel great to control. But I think almost all the puzzles were well designed and interesting. There were very few that I were like, "Ah, I didn't really like that puzzle. Um, it's like one of those games where it was like I, I kind of I, I was like oh that was good I like that but if if like if, if and when they announce Escape Academy 2 like I'll be I'll be very excited because I think it would be like an opportunity to really blow it out and do a lot more interesting and, and maybe push that budget up a little bit
0: yeah and normally I'm not a big puzzle guy but there's something about a game like this that's a little more compelling where the puzzles are so self-contained you know you don't have to wander that far to find the solution it's like especially early on it's like, okay there's basically a couple of rooms here the answer is somewhere in these rooms it's so much better than something where it's like oh god how far do i have to backtrack to find an item to maybe get this it's just it's nice it's almost witness-esque in that way right yeah. just this time it's like thing. if you're
1: playing a zelda dungeon and like you walk into a room and it locks behind it's, such, room, locks it's behind such a relief it's such a relief yep you're like okay i know whatever i need to do is in here you know <laughs>
0: yeah totally um and it's a fun game where like they they give you a heads up i think they have a note at the beginning about like hey you should have a pad and like a pen and paper because you're, you're gonna need to write down some stuff and so any game that is propelling you to scribble down some stuff i think is a fun way to engage with it but i uh,
2: thought oh, they mentioned that outright too because sometimes with yeah. the puzzle games like that i feel like i almost feel like writing it down is like not cheating but sort of like i've definitely used my phone and taken pictures of stuff where i'm like i don't want to have to reopen mm-hmm. like i get what you want me to do here I don't want to do that part. I want to just be able to save the answer in my pocket.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Escape Academy, it's on Game Pass now, and then it's also on Steam and Epic Game Store and all that stuff. But yeah, if you you like even The Witness, you should check it out, especially if you have Game Pass, because I think it's a Not super long, too, if that's an
1: incentive for people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, everybody. Uh, Speaking of not super long, which is an incentive for people, uh, there's this game, everybody, um, that you all need to hear about, and it's called Klonoa. Have you heard the good word about Klonoa, everybody? specifically Klonoa fantasy reverie series
1: yeah the actor yes. that plays uh chandler bing and friends huge he's been talking about it for years wait
0: is that the one that you're obsessed with that he shouted out yeah, Klonoa? I know he
1: shared all the time anyone brings up Klonoa.
2: <laughs>
0: wait uh, is it in some interview it was like a fall new vegas interview or something I, I,
1: I, No, it was a tweet it was a tweet Matthew that you Perry just said he loves clonoa he said that he's like when it when the remake came out for the wii she was like I'm playing the new Klonoa with my pants off. That's how much I love it. That's <laughs> yeah. a little scary. <laughs> it's it's not a great tweet. Uh, here we go. So uh, to quote the great Matthew
0: Perry, many of you have asked what Klonoa game am I I am playing? It's the new one on the Wii. I'm at level six. I play with my pants around my ankles. <laughs> well, that like mm-hmm. sounds this sounds like a. Just like a Friends-level joke, where they're like, uh, he's on level six, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> Here it actually checks out. Uh The one with the Pac-Man hat? Uh, it's a Klonoa and Friends joke for everybody, so we hope you're on board yeah. for where we're going with this. Uh, speaking of weird jokes about Klonoa, have you ever seen the old magazine ads for Klonoa, Kyle?
1: Were they uh, Were they unreasonably... Were they sexy for no reason? Oh, yeah, you better believe it. Well, they have to sell a platformer that's like a cute
0: rabbit with hands for ears so there's only one angle to take in the 90s and it's let's sex this baby up <laughs> and so there's one where it's just like a black and white shot of like this couple making out oh my god i'm looking at this now yeah look at it and okay can you read it what they're
4: saying jacob geller it says okay
2: can you send a link to this so
3: so the the man is saying but susan i have clonoa and then the woman
0: who's about to kiss him says hey baby i want clonoa which I'm not getting until just this moment is the idea that it sounds like an S T D is think that so. the joke? I think so. I mean, can can <laughs> I tell you what I think it sounds like? Every time I hear this name, I think Cloaca, which is oh, like right. you know, the one hole that like birds have. So in your <laughs> version is not a good but in your version of this ad, then, like the, the wife or the girlfriend saying, Hey baby, I want a cloaca, so she'll kiss them and get one? <laughs> is that so, where
1: you're going man. with this? It's so funny because this is like the epitome of like, and I I mean this in a positive way, like a game for children. It's like colorful and bubbly <laughs> and like... All, all contraire, Kyle. So well, okay. uh, I've been Maybe playing I've been this a lot
0: on my Steam Deck. It's a very fun platformer. It's, this is the remaster of the game from 1997. Then the second one for PS2, I think 2001
1: is when that oh, came it, out. Real real. You're quick, right. It is complicated. Is, is it the Wii version? It the is. remake... Okay, so the original, like, the original PS1 version is, like, not on here. No, so they the didn't... PS1
0: version was remade for the Wii, and then that's the version that they remastered, technically. Okay, cool. All
1: right, I wasn't sure if they remade it again. That's what I was confused about. Okay. Yeah, so it's It's cute,
0: colorful as as all can be, and I've been playing it on the Steam Deck, and I, I rolled credits on Klonoa 1. It's pretty short. It was, like, five hours or so, but really loved it. I really had a great time playing through that game. Um, But I, I had heard whispers of people talking about, like, Ah, uh, it's more emotional than you think. It'll really get you. And I was like, what is all this crap? There is a moment in this game nearing the end that I guess I won't spoil it, but you can probably read between the lines. Yeah, please don't. Um, it is the equivalent of like if you are just playing Mario Galaxy, and uh, and then suddenly somebody popped up from behind the bushes with a machine gun and started unloading on Rosalina. It's just like what? What is happening? It is so confusing and jarring. And then the ending is also just surreal and sad in a way that I did
1: not see coming despite, you know, decades of murmurs about this. Oh my god, this is great. I so excited. I played the first couple levels and I was like, yeah, I'd played it before. I've never beaten it, but I played yeah. I played the remake. I played the original, the first couple levels here and there. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I, this is great. This is cute. This is this reminds me of like Nights into Dreams a little bit. Oh, sure. I I probably won't beat it, though. But now you've kind of like reinvigorated me where I'm like, I think I need to see this thing to the end. I think I need to jump back in and finish it. I would love for you to get to the end
0: because uh, okay. it's, it's bizarre. And Janet, you said you're watching your brother play this thing?
2: Yeah, I've uh, been too busy to make time for it, but I've like been looking forward to it for a while because I love platformers. And this is one I had missed growing up. Uh, and funnily enough, I, uh, I forgot the name of the organization offhand, but I spoke with, like, a, at a girls' summer camp, like, last summer, and I was talking about, like, my job and what I do, and the kids were there. It's, like, a coding-oriented, game-oriented camp, and one of the kids was like, have you ever played Clinoa? Like, it's really good. It's, like, uh, such a good game. And I was like, why is this, like, kid is out here schooling me on this, like, really old game? And then, you know, it's old even, like, for me, and yeah. they're, like, 10 to 20 years younger than me. So I was like, and I've. I forgot her name at this point but i was like i was thinking over the whole time when i saw this thing i'm like i'm gonna honor this child's uh legacy like, <laughs>
0: hell like,
2: yeah but i'm seeing my brother dip into it and it it, it just looks so fun and playful and joyous even it's with totally you cool. saying that it turns crazy dark i mean i, do think I don't want to overhype it but <laughs> it, well now it's too late yeah, my high levels right, are sad if it, this doesn't have last of us level of carnage <laughs> I'm someone
1: doesn't jump out of a bush and shoot another character <laughs> hey, as you promised hey
4: keep playing keep playing and, uh, oh, yeah. does it have
3: like a um what's like the thing like yeah, what makes it thing. different than just like mario might in i interest in terms
0: of the gameplay yeah might i interest you in a thing called you, wind Jacob? bullets why would you ask such a
1: question <laughs> I have, I'm not as experienced as that kid at Janet's camp, so no, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because that's that is a perfect question. It's a yes. fair question.
0: Uh, what if I told you that Klonoa's ears are like hands, and they have something called wind bullets, where they can like <laughs> shoot something from their head, and they can grab enemies. It's a lot about grabbing enemies and using those to like chain jumps. And then, might yeah. I also interest you in the fact? that klonoa has like a yoshi-esque cover jump of like with like that last big boost which is very satisfying on any platformer and then may i also interest you in the fact that this is 1997 and their big hook was clearly two and a half d baby like it's a Mm. lot of surprising amount of like branching paths in the levels and then you're jumping into the foreground the background it's early 3d jank but it's surprisingly playable (laughs) And that's kind of the beauty of it. Like just playing through this thing, it's um. By the way, it turns it turns out it's the same director as like the Ninja Gaiden series, uh, and oh, Mighty Mighty Bomb well, Jack and stuff. Um. Also, uh, the director went on to produce Muscle March on the Wii, so uh, clearly a, a very oh, wow. talented developer. When's that remake coming? Bring us Muscle March. Um. But that's the thing that I love about this game is there's something really sweet about this kind of B tier PlayStation game getting the remaster treatment because they you ever see like i think they have sites i think i've seen this somewhere where it's like you can send in your child's drawing and they'll make like a stuffed animal out of the drawing and it's just like what is this it feels a little bit like that of like early 3d we're trying our best just to make some sort of enemy design we don't really know what it is it's like four polygons go and now when you have to remaster that everything just has like this really funky art style that defies any convention
1: but it's really captivating in its own way it's like this jumping flash is probably another one of those right and like nights, it's like a very hard to define point in 3d gaming where everything felt like it was coming from a dream yes like nights into dreams is literally about children dreaming uh so that's like very thematic and consistent but this has that same kind of feeling where it's just Everything's a little off, but, like, <laughs> yes. compelling. It's it's cool. It has,
0: like, almost Link's Awakening surreal vibes at time with, like, the dialogue in particular. It's like, I don't know what you weirdos are talking about, but I'm all here for it. <laughs> and there's even, like, it's so abstract and different because it's such an early sense of design in 3D that, like, some of the boss fights, they just have, like, pop-ups at the beginning with text. Like, hey, um, so there's kind of like a glowing triangle that's going to be going towards you, and you just have to like hit the right side of the triangle that'll send you to the second phase, which is the Light Realm, and there there's going to be a, a purple rectangle, and you have to jump on that three times, but they just have to like tell you, like, look, we we don't understand this design either. Just do this, and you can beat the final boss. Have a good time. Um, so, Klonoa, everybody. Technically, Klonoa Fantasy I read, Rubbery uh, Series.
3: one more magazine advertisement for oh, Klonoa? Yeah. Oh, yeah quite possibly the only thing weirder than your sister. (laughs) What? Can Can we do
2: like, we need to make this a new show class. When when paired with
3: the other highly sexual one, it's really weird. I think this one is targeted at kids, but it's like the fact that it's like, here's two adults making out, baby, I want Klonoa, and then (laughs) quite possibly the only thing weirder than your
0: sister. It makes sense. It was a simpler, better time. Um, yeah, Jenna, we did have a show for New Show Plus that people voted on one time where it was like Magazine Memories, where we'd go back through old magazines, and I thought for sure that was going to be a slam dunk, uh, and just, like, read them and show off the old ads and stuff, and it didn't win, but maybe we could bring it back at some point. Um, everybody, it's available, God, I believe, on everything, including Switch, but I'm loving playing it on Steam Deck, so I'll probably keep plowing through with Klonoa too, which is fun to see the jump to. Uh, all right, hey, we should talk about this game called Stray, which is actually the hot new release of the week. Um, But to do that, we need to frickin' open the door and put a cup of milk and see if anybody comes to play. You know what I mean? Eh. (laughs) Leo Vader! Welcome. Welcome into our home, Leo. Come on in. Close the door. Enjoy yourself. It's cozy in here. Um, Janet has a cat. Janet loves her cat. I think if I had to, like, measure love for a cat, though, Leo, I think you might be the biggest cat lover... In the batch, Leo or Janet, will you stand for this? Will you stand for this cat slander?
2: I don't think oh another cat. I don't oh. know what you're basing that on. And I feel like the fact that you even want to compare our individual loves for a cat speaks to how disconnected you are from the cat community. I would never yeah. question this Leo's is, love for his cat right. or my own. I don't want to compare them. We both love this our is, cats. This
4: is a King Jacob Solomon question where our answer betrays the truth. Uh, Any like, added, exactly. up, yeah. it's an unfair question. Right. It means right. we don't truly love our cats. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's right. I guess Kyle loves has a cat. I have three. What? Wow. All right. So Kyle loves it three times. Should I say meow? You should. Not one missed joke opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Write in. We dare you. We freaking dare you, community. Find a missed joke. They're not here. Eventually, the podcast (laughs) just evolves into being nothing but rapid fire the sloppiest Mm -hmm. puns we can get out there just so nobody writes in about missed jokes. Uh, Anyways, hey, Stray, everybody. It is out on PC. The sucker's out on PlayStation. Um, it's also available if you have the PlayStation Plus Extra account. Um, it's a free giveaway there, free in, in quotes. But then the the kicker is you get a free seven-day trial where you can try out the higher tiers on PS Plus. So technically, you could play this game for free uh, for the next seven days if you remember to cancel your stuff you know, all that funky nonsense. But uh, Stray, we're talking about Did cats. you mention Steam also? It's also on Steam. Yep, yeah, also on Steam. Mm-hmm. There we go, good okay. to go. Um, but yeah, Stray, this is a game where you play as a cat. If you remember, it's been in a couple showcases where you're a cat roaming around, but looked like some sort of robot-focused, post-apocalyptic city environment. It was a little bit confusing exactly what was happening there, but it's from- Cyberpunk. C- Just Cyberpunk, C- cat. Cyberpunk cats. It's from Blue 12 Studio. <laughs> I've set this sucker up enough. It's now time to let this cat roam free. Let the opinions... Put the
2: cat out of the bag? Damn if it! there was
1: a term for <laughs> releasing a cat that now we Now it feels like on. you're trying to... What the, the cat dragged in. Oh, Stray, a good game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is how you get new Patreon supporters, Janet, is you just set up missed joke opportunities one after <laughs> the other. It's kind of my specialty is missing jokes. Uh, <laughs> That's hey, got your tongue, Leo? You don't have
1: anything to say about no. this game? No, oh, thank God.
4: Hey, everybody. Why did the cat cross the road? Somebody write in with an
1: answer to that. Right. <laughs> hey we'll set you up. You bring us the the punchline. Is this game good
0: or
2: not? <laughs> Jacob Jacob yes. opened with this is a good game. Okay. So good I don't game. know why you're yelling. That's I don't know fair. why you're taking this tone with us. But yeah, I I love this game. I think it's great. Uh, Kyle, what's uh, what's your read on it, Leo?
4: I like it. I'm oh, only should. a couple hours in. I like it a lot. I, there's, like, you get the backpack and the inventory and stuff. It complicates itself about an hour in, and that's cool, too. But I would have played a full game just as the naked cat hopping around. <laughs> I was
1: loving that. that. By the way, that real quick, that backpack sequence is, like, that really, like, locked it in for me. I, you I know think about that's the sequence? single funniest moment of a game this year. Like, so you get a backpack, and the controls become like difficult for a second as the cat like struggles and doesn't like the backpack oh, and fun. they eventually get used to it. And then you play it normally again. But like, if, if you've owned a cat and you've tried to put anything on a cat ever, <laughs> it's like, like you've it's ex- like they lose all the bones happen. in their body. Like they just yeah. start like slinking
3: around. And it's like, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> playing it with, it. Yeah. with my partner. Who's also a big like cat person. And it was just, it was like, Oh, they know cats. Like at, yes. that, at that point, it's like, mm-hmm. obviously, they know cats. Like they made a game all about a cat, but it was just like it was such a specific. Like this is not related to the game. It's not something you'll be doing. It's just like this is a funny cat behavior, and we know everyone will like to watch it. And we did.
0: <laughs> yeah, even early on. I mean, I'm maybe forty minutes into the game or so, and I'm liking it a lot more than I expected. Like Janet, we did a well new show plus this week was supposed to be us streaming the game, but we ended up just looking at a bunch of cat pictures from the community, which were very cute and all that stuff. But um, you you sold me on that when you're describing it. You're like, oh, it's kind of just like a. Platformer, I guess, with like really easy puzzles. I was like, okay, I, I am very on board with that style of game. Let's just cruise through, learn a little bit about the world, and not beat our head against any huge challenges here. Um, and that's ultimately what it is, Jacob Geller? Yeah, I mean,
3: I'm interested. Maybe, maybe, Ben, you can answer this. It's like, I feel like it's really a game where it's like if if you don't find the act of like watching a cat do things Mm. inherently kind of funny and interesting. I'm not sure how much you would like this game. But it's like, I like walking, watching just like a cat walk around, I think is like that's just funny. And so it's like the whole game, I think is pretty good, even if what you're doing is like not the most, you know, mind-blowing
4: stuff. I think that's what every time you knock something over and watch it fall down. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a thrill. You get why your cat does it.
2: (laughs) Almost word for word, like from the stream, like if y'all and I'm watching that. vod. I mentioned that, Jacob, I was I mentioned that, like, if you have a cat and you like cats, like it's fun just looking at a cat. I can watch like my cat. Bruce is a very lazy, inactive, easily scared cat. She doesn't do anything. She just sits there. But I'll look at her and I'm like, I freaking love this cat. (laughs) She's just sitting there. But there's like the different way she sits when she sits up like a person, like when she walks around, when I see her um, stand way back. And the only time she runs is when she hears her food machine go. But she sprints when she does that gallop. That's a run, but it's too slow because that's how cats run. But she's a slow cat. So she just slowly like kind of scampers around. I, I think this is such like a a love letter to cats and like people that like cats. And for me, I also just love games where I can mess around in an environment. And I think while Stray doesn't have you know, crazy, elaborate, interesting puzzles or super, you know, well constructed or intriguing combat. I think what it does is all the design is in service to, hey, it's already fun to mess around like a cat. As Leo said, like if you were the naked cat, still be pretty fun. But they're like, what if we added in stuff that like incentivized you meowing, incentivized you scratching kind of. And I think that's the brilliance of this game and what makes it so good.
0: Wait, so how are they doing that? From what I've seen, it's like, oh, I meowed and then some like a string of lights was lighting up. Like that, that's as far as I got. It, but it just builds on that idea of it won't be a a boring game after a while because they're layering on just more intriguing. I don't know, puzzle like systems. I don't know about that. I
3: think it's more just it's like sometimes you scratch at a door and a door opens, but it's like the scratching at a door is something that a cat does. So like that's. Fun to do,
4: <laughs> and simple things like there's the musician guy. You bring sheet music to, and you can sleep next to him. And when you meow there, he'll just look over at you, and his face will become like a heart, or he'll oh, yeah. <laughs> he just love you.
3: Something, something I really like about it, which feels like a very, you know, it's like like kind of a a core principle that they wrote down about this game is like the cat is very much just a cat. Like it doesn't. It's not like It really doesn't seem to have much like you could imagine that the cat knows what's going on and has like a motivation to do the plot events of the game. But like in my head, it was just like it's just doing these things because it's a cat and the things are happening. And like early on in the game, there's you start with like some other cats and you get separated and and there's like a scene where the other cats are kind of watching you. You know, like fall into the city. Yeah. But what's funny about that is that the cats are not doing like a cartoon, like no. Yeah, expression. totally. They're just kind of like, we're cats. Yep. Like we're we're watching <laughs> you. You know, it's like you can kind of imagine they're sad, but like there's no, there's not really any exaggeration onto just like what a cat can do in real life.
0: I'm with you. I yeah. think that's really compelling. Do you think it like, is it a weird disconnect? Because it's like, well, as a player, what I want to do is understand this society. But I understand the character that I'm no, playing. What they want to do is We want to be a
2: cat. Oh, as like, the player, I want to be the cat. Oh, it was
4: okay. Fun. <laughs> so this fun
2: a disconnect to like, here. unearth some of the mystery of the city. But Grant. like at the end of the day, I'm here to be a cat. And like again, Jacob, I think you nailed it with the the cat's just a cat, and I think that works in service of the realism of the game obviously it's not necessarily realistic because i cat. that's a, that's the world's smartest cat if it was doing all that but i remember like texting um blessing greg from kind of funny after i finished it because I, I loved the game i was like this is really good right and they're like mm. they weren't so hot on it it's really? like there's just no emotion to this cat and i'm like of course there's no emotion to the cat greg it's a cat <laughs> right. and like it's a different kind of ant you know like versus a dog or something else like if i if something Bad happened to me. If I fell down, there's all those videos online. When you fall down, the dog comes, and the dog's the dogs crying, the dog wants to know what happens. If I got shot, Bruce would get upset because she heard a loud sound. Right. That's it. <laughs> and then it's eat your a face days within minutes. Before she eats me if the apocalypse Hell comes. Yeah. It's nothing personal. I do feel like my cat loves me. I feel like my cat shows me love in the way that a cat does and so does the stray cat you can nestle up with people you can meow but at the end of the day it's just a cat ain't a thought behind those eyes <laughs> <laughs> ain't a
4: behind yeah, it's a, and that. it's an orange cat yeah. which we all know one brain cell <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
4: that's, that's right that's right. why we love them uh and to that point uh i was almost disappointed that the you kind of end up l- talking to robots and learning like, understanding them, being told what to do by them. Because, yeah, I, like, loved just exploring and finding new things that way. And I do love the way it's designed. It feels like I'm literally just exploring. Like, I'm finding the nooks and crannies and being rewarded for that the way a cat is with new smells. Is it, um... Does it give you any Team Eco vibes there, Jacob? Hmm, kind of. I I would say
3: it's actually uh, significantly more verbose than those games like there's not really there's not much subtlety in the story you know the the story that is not just you are a cat because you do have kind of a little robot companion that has like more concrete motivations and it just like says what it's thinking and what it wants to do you know there's not much kind of like reading between the lines but there are there are certainly you know it's like if you just like kind of The feeling of an environment, you know, like the other the thing other than just being a cat that's really good about this game is like the city is cool and the the city is like really kind of thoughtfully constructed and especially the first level. And honestly, maybe my biggest criticism of the game is just the first level is the best level because it's like the city that you start in is so vertical and there are so many ways like up and down and through different buildings and stuff. And it's like that. That type of stuff, you know, I talked about how much I liked Citizen Sleeper, which is another game about existing in a city. And even though they play totally differently, they kind of give similar vibes of just like, here is the feel of a place separate from the people or robots that live here.
0: Yeah, I I definitely want to go back and back and play more. I think it was like it's tough to get a read because so many people on the internet are so gaga over cats. And so every time this game was shown, everyone's like straight, 10 out of 10, most anticipated. And I was like, But is the game going to be good? Or do people just want to talk about how much they love their own cat? And they're trying to <laughs> decipher that on Twitter has been a challenge. But actually jumping into it a little bit, it's like, okay, this, I think this holds up. This is a compelling experience.
4: And it's such like Janet was talking about with the, the attention to detail of the animations. It's like, if it's going to be a game for cat lovers, it's like, it delivers like they yeah. know cats and there's so <laughs> many beautiful animations like i don't truly care if it's for other people because it's like the most it's like the best game a cat lover could hope for in in that way And the experience of being a cat
0: yeah it's better than nintendo dogs and cats
2: oh yeah that's a very Wait, like,
0: transactional it, relationship it's a life. different
2: rela- <laughs> yeah here one thing i like wrote in my review cuz like i did one for like my my own outlet Panda Pixels, yeah. is that one of the things that really makes this shine it is it gives you the, because it's a video game, it gives you the rare right opportunity to be both the observer of a cat and to be the cat. Right. So it's like the fun of watching my cat Bruce, that's kind of 10 x here because I, I can be that cat and I get to watch It's like you're, do, you're doing all of it. So it's so immersive in that way. And I, and I like the, it's very like Walking Sim Plus and I love that kind of game. So for me, it's like, okay, it's checking boxes left and right. And I just think right. it it does a fantastic job at executing on its vision. I think it could have gotten away with a lot less, you know, because, again, it is a cat and it's very, like, easily memed and easily seen as cute, but I play a lot of cute games and, and cute's not enough. Like, I yeah. will say that when a wholesome game comes out and it's not fire, people do talk about it and do deconstruct it. Um, and, yeah, this is, I think this really uh, nails what it's going for. So uh, I, I really loved my time with it. And in, in it's weird
0: to say the story, but, like, the lore holds up that's actually compelling going through this thing
3: yeah i think i, I, I mean so. yeah. you know it's like it, it won't it won't blow your mind yeah. but like i think it ends in a uh pretty satisfying place um and uh like the you know the the vibes of the city remain good which feels more important than like the minute-to-minute
1: plot of the game right right it's what i heard someone it was like on a podcast or something someone was like complaining about modern movies and stuff and they were like oh that they, they just tell the same stories there's no new stories and i was playing this and i was kind of like those if you're complaining about that you're probably just like not seeking out new stories because like i can't think of like another story where i like i am a cat in a underground city where humans have been dead for thousands of years and robots sort of like deify humans of the past and i'm just sort of trying to exist in that and like it's got it, a Robato, kyle yeah i was actually <laughs> going to bring up Gato Roboto in terms of uh jacob talking about how you're like a cat just a cat doing things i feel like that game does that a little better where the human keeps commanding you but every like after every time he's like hey go do this mission for me he's like i have no idea if you're listening to me i don't know if this is coming through I'm just gonna keep <laughs> Talking to myself and hope that i get out of this precarious situation but yeah
2: Just to lightly push back on your interpretation of the plot, Kyle, I feel like this plot has very much been done before because maybe not the specifics of the trappings of being a cat in the kind of city, but it's a classic, we're here and we want to get out and other people don't want us out. Like that's, I feel like that's been done a a lot of times. Sure, yeah. And that element is like not mind blowing. Like, oh, you're trying to get out and there's forces working against you. But what I like about the story of the game is, is the writing and the presentation. I think there's some... While Stray doesn't ever fully unpack a lot of the things it brings up, things like capitalism, things like history repeating itself, stuff like, you know, policing and how policing can be harmful to the citizens it's allegedly trying to protect. Jesus. It doesn't really unpack that, but it does gesture enough at it that I'm like, oh, there's some kind of intriguing layers here that I wasn't expecting. And I think the writing can be really dark and charming at times there was a moment where the your little droid friend b12 um is like oh all the humans are dead like you see graffiti it says like rip humans and it's like oh all the humans are dead i wonder what it's like to be dead and it's like oh snap i wasn't thinking y'all would like <laughs> hit any lines that would I don't know, make me think a little bit or, or yeah, likely yeah. move me, but it has that. There's a scene where you can interrupt um, a game of dominoes and one of the robots is like, oh, I've won like a kajillion games to three. Don't tell anyone, but I was programmed to win this game. Like, that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, I, and I, I like moments like that.
1: It's the perspective, I think, that makes it feel so new to me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. being a cat. Why, like Because this would have been an interesting game even without a cat, but like putting it, like you in the sort of role of the cat is what makes it feel sort of different and unique I think right. yeah I, I,
3: I think mm-hmm. it gets away with being a little cliche by the fact that like there is a disconnect built into the story where it's kind of you know it's like it's like oh my friend is going through some crazy stuff right now but I am a cat so like you know it's you can you can kind of decide for yourself how much the cat actually cares about what everything else is going on and it's like it can be just totally like background noise if you're not interested in it you don't have to care and if you are it's it's cool
4: yeah especially because the puzzles are like running away from monsters the right way or knocking something off a shelf and then you get a new item it's like yeah this cat's just doing its thing yeah <laughs>
0: Stray, um, everybody. Can we talk about how it looks oh yeah it looks good i think i think i had yeah it looks good I I think here's here's where I'm going with that. I was expecting I was expecting like 10 out of 10 on the visuals, <laughs> based on like the trailers and stuff. But when I had it up on the full screen, I was like, okay, this isn't like a first party Sony game we're dealing with. You can see you can see some of the limitations, but the animations I think are so charming that it makes up for any lack of fidelity here and there. It's a beautiful game. Like that. There's yeah, that. I think it yeah.
2: looked I think it looked fan like. I don't really have notes for the vis like the visuals. I mean, I'm yeah. sure. With more, you know, could it look better? Yes, in the technical sense. I mean, Spider-Man looks better on PC than it did on PlayStation 4. But yeah. um, I, I think it looked fantastic. And I love what they did with the lighting. I think there's a lot of strong use of, like, lighting and detailing that sort of, like, guides you throughout, like, the city Um and two, like I just want to also shout out the sound design. The sound design is the best sound design I've experienced this year in a game. I think everything has a unique sound to it. They really like pay attention to where are you stepping and how might it sound differently on the different surfaces? There's moments of like this sort of discordant hum that cuts through when you're going through one of the tunnels that's really disturbing. Um, you I haven't heard sound design this good since usually it's um only horror games that I think nail sound yeah. in the way that Stray does, but I think they like knocked out of the park, as well as the um the people that worked on the ost which kind of complements both they worked the you music, know, together the
3: music it is so good, good. Yeah.
2: Mm. Um,
3: i think one of the well, the reason that i was thinking about how it looks is like it's it's an unreal game and i feel like in those kind of unreal uh things you know when they're showing off stuff they are often like here is how a small team can make a really big big and expensive looking thing and i feel like i haven't it's like in the indie space i can't actually think of many games that are small but have kind of triple a at least lighting you know if not animations or whatever and this really feels like a game where it's like wow you can do you know you can do some really cool stuff with lighting you know with kind of i don't know that much about game engines but like it feels like this unreal has given them the tools to like really do some fancy stuff with, like, colors and lights and bounces and whatever with, you know, a, a team that ultimately made a four-hour game about cats. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's sure. it's cool that you can be at that level for this sort of game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Stray, everybody, on PlayStation, on Steam. Um, $30. $30. This feels like a, a mission accomplished for for Steam with their PS Plus expansion. I know that the PS1 collection, the classics collection for the premium version of that has kind of been meh, but like, this has gotten people talking about PS Plus again, about like, hey, if you jump up to that extra tier, you can get this game about a cat that turns out is good. Buying the
3: game costs as much as buying PS Plus. So it's like, well, guess I'll just get PS Plus. It's definitely a
2: win for the extra tier and and pushing the conversation on, is this going to be a good service? But I think it could actually be an overall l in the sense that we normally get that game on ps plus base so i I do think it's pointing towards ps plus extra is going to be the new ps plus base and we're going to see my prediction is that ps plus is going to go the way of games with gold where games with gold ain't really bringing the bangers like that anymore that's going to be on game pass which isn't necessarily a bad thing but i do think it represents a shift in the playstation ecosystem that people might want to just be aware of or You're think totally about it. It's almost
4: like the PS4 Pro coming out and making the PS4 fell behind on all these other games. It's uh, yeah. unfortunate for the consumer. You ever,
3: you ever hear yourself saying one of those sentences where it's like, my mom wouldn't understand a single word I just mm-hmm. said? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like PS++ Plus is not as good as games with gold, but...
2: <laughs> we all a speak a
3: very specific language.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I had to tell my dad about that event I did, and I was like, "So Xbox, they make the box that's standing in the living room." Slow okay? down, they brainiac. have a, It was a whole, a whole thing.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, Janet, uh, thank you for all your hard work this week, um, especially hosting the deepest dive on Jack and Daxter. Um, oh, oh, Leo, hang on, are you winning? <laughs> I almost beat it. He's playing his cat. Everybody. <laughs> oh, anyways, oh gosh, uh, just a little joke,
4: just Janet, a little humor for you.
0: You want to clap mm-hmm. out and go lay down on the couch and not talk about games for an hour? Sure. Okay. Cool. Bye, Leo. Do you know how this whole thing operates?
4: How?
0: i'll tell no, you how. i don't know i'm gonna tell you if you relax i'm gonna I tell wish you I knew, i'm I gonna don't. tell you right now just relax and sit back and enjoy because this whole thing is brought to you by patreon.com minmax so oh, sit back that. and coast but the the twist leo is wow. that's not just a website that's like a community of people that's a collection of people that actually type that website into the url and then they go hmm Maybe I do want to help support independent games media. Maybe there actually is a tier that gives me some benefits that I'm quite interested in. Maybe that $5 tier where I can more than double the amount of podcasts to listen to from MinMax every week. Maybe that's the one for me. Thank you to all of our supporters over there. We are inching closer and closer to that Trek to Shrek goal of sending Janet to Minnesota to play Shrek 2 and make a whole Minnesota travelogue. We are getting within... Arm's reach, so any help making that happen is appreciated, and thanks to some of our bigger supporters, people like NordVPN, everybody. They want you to know about NordVPN and how, hey, if you're browsing through a VPN, your traffic is encrypted, so no one can see what you're doing. And they say that people who like gaming online unfortunately have to deal with DDoS attacks and bandwidth throttling as well. Luckily, you can forget all about those problems with NordVPN. This is so crazy because I actually
4: have a promo code that people can use for NordVPN.
0: interesting because there's a link below Leo um, and it's the URL and it's nordvpn.com slash minmax and the promo code is minmax around these parts I don't know what Leo it is Vader.com.
1: no 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 no, not no, no. you'll everything
0: promo code minmax for nordvpn because hey if you want to play a game but it's not available in your country basically if you want to just Go invisible online and then also pretend as if your computer or your phone is anywhere on the world. So you can access Netflix in other countries, streaming services in other countries, games in other countries. You can do that through NordVPN. Uh, they say avoid DDoS attacks, block malware-ridden websites, secure browser traffic without affecting latency, and next-generation encryption all through NordVPN. Leo, what would you say about NordVPN?
4: Uh, use nordvpn.com slash Vader to get a 10... <laughs> Uh, he's lying he's lying. He's, lying he's lying look at this they say
0: grab your exclusive nordvpn deal by going to nordvpn.com minmax with two n's uh, to get a huge discount off your nordvpn plan plus free threat protection and one additional month for free it's completely risk free with nord's 30 day money back guarantee and it's better than leo vader's deal is what they wrote in our ad copy which i think is pretty cool uh, also thanks to our friends over at im8bit they want everybody to know about this game that we might have talked about a little bit earlier called Escape Academy. They want everybody to know that it's available now on Xbox Game Pass, day one, of course, but it's also available on PS4, PS5, and PC through Steam and the Epic Game Store. They say that you've just arrived at Escape Academy. It's a school where promising students train to become the ultimate escapist. Play over a dozen masterfully handcrafted rooms designed by experienced experts in the field of real-life escape rooms. Experience the entirety of Escape Academy alone or in single-player or through two-player cooperative play. It's available in local or online split-screen, and you you can go to iMateBit's wonderful online store to help support them in a big bad way they really have a ton of cool stuff on their store and you can use a promo code for this month you can get 10% off everything under $100 and that promo code who can forget is corn month no space corn month
4: oh my god I forgot to get my girlfriend a gift <laughs> hey
0: Leo, go to iMateBit store. You can get her the corn month gift of her this wildest month, fantasies. Get her corn. <laughs> uh, and thanks to iMateBit for shipping out a prize to our community each and every week. This week they're shipping out a copy of Grim Fandango on PlayStation 4. That's just a that's just a cool thing to own. And all thanks to iMateBit so help support them because honestly, and I'm not I'm not trying to kiss their ass too much. We're outside of our ad copy territory. Is there just like a cooler online retailer than iMate Bit? Like they really, they're no. cool. It's it's rare to be so connected to something that is cool, but I think mean, that is cool. So please help support them. Uh, Cause they do a lot for us. Um, all right, we got a bunch of questions and comments and words of wisdom that have been sent over there on Patreon, patreon.com slash Minimax with two ends. You support us at any tier. Not only do you help support independent games media, but you can also submit a question and then you can win question of the week yourself. So we have a ton of great ones to get to. Uh, but before we do that, um, did y'all watch uh, Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal on HBO?
4: Oh, yes. boy, did I. Okay,
0: Leo, you haven't watched it yet?
4: Not yet. You should take, I would take my headphones off. No, 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 we won't go
0: into it. full spoilers, but uh, Nathan For You is, over the last 10 years, within my top three favorite shows, for sure. If you've never seen it, you should check out some highlights here and there. Uh, but The Rehearsal is Nathan Fielder's new show. Uh, it's on HBO. Uh, Kyle and Jacob, where'd you, where'd you come down on The Rehearsal without without spoiling everything about that first episode?
3: It's... It's great that it, like, it kind of doesn't have to be funny anymore.
0: Yes. Like, it yes. is
3: funny, but it's not, like, the show is not, like, we're a comedy. It's just, like, a a kind of weird, nice show. <laughs>
0: Yes, I love where it's going. For sure, it almost is like, you know, Nathan Fielder produced How To With John Wilson and even that show, it's like, well, it's funny, but it's not, its primary concern isn't being funny and it sounds pretentious to say, but it's not because it's all done through a slightly comedic lens, but like its primary concern is just like, boy, humanity, huh? And this show feels very much in that vein, you know?
1: It's also like weirdly, gave me it was anxiety inducing, but in a way that ended up ultimately being cathartic because it- it's like you're practicing so much to execute this one thing, and then you have to watch the one thing yes. be executed. Yes. And you're just like, ah! <laughs> but it's just, a, it's just two people talking. Should we give, I fun. mean, we, give like the, no, we yeah. don't have yeah. synopsis.
0: Yeah. No, Without even spoiling the synopsis of the first episode, but the, the premise of the show is it's called the rehearsal, and it's Nathan Fielder. And he's like, hey, um, people are anxious about different scenarios in their life. So what if we help them by recreating the scenario they're going to be in to such a ridiculous finely detailed degree that they can rehearse it again and again and again and will go through every variation of what could possibly happen to them in the situation and what it ends up turning into maybe this is controversial I think it's and just based on this one episode, it feels like the best successor to Groundhog Days since, <laughs> since Groundhog Day. Which is a weird way of looking at it, but that is kind of how it feels, right? Because you just get to see them try these situations over and over and over again, like they're reliving this moment before I mean, they actually have I to almost, live it.
3: Yeah, or or it is like a a a peek into the multiverse, you know, <laughs> where <laughs> it's like here here are just like 40 different ways this conversation could go like based on little factors that are changing
0: yeah multiverse is so hot
1: right now you guys oh my
0: god it's so hot um Um, but yeah it's it's a show just about like human variability in a way of like how much what could throw people off a track how do you try and contain a conversation and keep things in control without being a maniac (laughs) Uh,
3: i do think i said it wasn't a comedy i think like Whoa, Door City over
1: here. One of the funniest <laughs>
0: It is like, it, it feels like, if you remember the Nathan For You episode, uh, Leo, where it, it's, it, this must have been a big kind of uh, early version of this concept, um, or what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like an alpha version of what they ended up building with the rehearsal. But there's a Nathan For You episode where it's like, okay, you can't smoke in a bar unless it's a... Theatrical production, Yeah, smoke is allowed. So now we're going to make this play that's just in a bar and we're going to make these people rehearse these lines. It kind of has that vibe where it's like it's not the funniest episode, Nathan, for you, but it's just so ambitious and weird that you really have to give it up. You know, it's kind of that um, combined with the finale of season four where it's just like an hour long look at one person's life. My my sister sent me this tweet by
3: someone named Mr. Charlie that says, Nathan Fielder has the brain of a serial killer who would never get caught, but the heart of a possum who woke up in a Best Buy one day and decided to try and become
1: their top salesman, and for some reason they let him. <laughs> I, also, I wish I could uh, attribute the tweet. I don't know who said it, but some, I saw someone else say, like, Nathan Fielder is the only person who's, like, like using an hbo television show budget to the fullest yes like you know like he is he is using every single dime that they give him for just the most weird
3: i mean also the new it's kind of old at this point but the new season of how to with john wilson was also so good which is like another nathan fielder produced show even if he's not like on camera there and it's just like yeah I, i i want him to make tv about people and kind of no one else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> Everyone else making it about cats. Nathan Fielder's got Humanity Unlocked. But yeah, the rehearsal. Let us know what you think in the comments, everybody. Um, hey, Jacob writes in and says, Have you all seen the rehearsal? I'm curious what your thoughts are. No. They say, uh, Since cats are the best animal ever and it's a fact, I have a question related to this magnificent animal. What's your stance on naming cats people names? I have a friend who named his cat Meow, and other friends. Call them Patrick, Simba, Jacob, and so on. <laughs> yeah, so people
1: names I, I, like I like a human name for any Oh, cat it's great. Just because it's weird. <laughs> like, oh that's Stan. Your cat? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah, my
1: uh,
3: my partner has a cat named Fred. Very funny.
4: It is and sometimes I'm it's it, it speaks to you the way you feel the right name for a baby, I am guessing. You know, you have a cat and you go, try few on oh, Hank.
0: Eugene. I call this thing Hank. Right, and it works. Right. Um, here's a related thing. You know that joke about like you're in a fantastical environment or like a sci-fi film, and they're like, and this is Quab Narb the Fourth from Zomulent and his best friend Steven. You know that? Oh, you know uh, that joke? Uh, Dune. Dune? I guess Dune is like that. <laughs> yeah, you're I was thinking of like the origins of that call. I, I rewatched Men in Black recently, which. My God, that movie rules! I hadn't seen it for so long, and I forgot that Which like movie Men in Black. Oh, Men in Black! Yeah, right, like yeah. the twins who like run the computer. They do a, a version of that joke there, where it's like one is a wacky and the other one's Frank or whatever the hell. And I'm trying to think of like the origins of that.
4: I mean, is it a Douglas Adams thing? Anyone oh. could think of that.
0: Yeah, so there's not like a clear the origin of if, that joke. If one thing. invented
4: it, somebody else would have invented
0: it a month yeah. later. Well, I think is it. Whew, is it Titan AE, where somebody names a planet and they name it like we'll call it Veronica or something like well, that? Well, there's, there's—I
3: mean, I, I watched uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail recently, and yes, he, there you know yes, there's the, yes. there are some who call me
0: Tim. That is exactly that joke. Yeah, you're totally right. Uh, let's just attribute everything to Holy Grail. Um, Ricky Winterborn writes in and says, "What's your favorite scenario for listening to a podcast while working on a scenic bike ride?" numbing the pain of sitting in traffic i had a couple flights recently and the min max backlog was a delightful companion while drawing on my ipad that sounds great i'd like to listen to myself while drawing on a flight that sounds fun um for me it's a it's bike ride i go on a bike ride every morning and i i think i'm becoming a weird bike person not like in terms of like buying gear and all that stuff, but in terms of just how
1: much like I Like turning it, into a bike, like a hybrid, half human, it's half It's kind of like, person. yeah,
0: like the new Pokemons for Violet and Scarlet, the legendary ones where they have like wheels coming out of them. I kind of look like that. No, but I just, I have savored that time more and more and I've been extending my ride every morning. Like how much can I put my body through because just listening to podcasts while biking early in the morning, it's, it might be my favorite thing.
1: I mean, my, I've been doing, I've been t- walking the dog a lot. Like mm. that's been, I we that was sort of my main reason to agree to get a dog. is like, I'm going to walk this thing and I have been walking it and that's a really good podcasting time. Yeah. And I also find, um, grocery shopping is like the other time that I actually weirdly like get into podcasts cause I'm kind of walking around, I'm kind of doing something like I'm kind of working. Right. I, I don't like just sitting and doing like nothing else while I'm podcasting it. It has to be kind of a secondary thing for me. Yeah,
3: I mean, uh, like it, cooking is a mm. a big one for me or yep. or honestly, it's like I really love playing a kind of mindless open world game. Like yeah. I, I always think about the Mad Max game, which I think is the single best <laughs> podcast game ever made of, like, Oh, like that thing. game is is just, you know, like. Just interesting enough, and just kind of uneventful enough that it just makes it—it's for perfect podcast listening.
0: Totally. What um, what's your video game podcast routine, Jacob? Who are you listening to on a regular basis?
3: Oh, I mean, it's it's the same. Like, I kind of have have the same uh, regular rotation for everything, which is just Blank Check and and their bonus feed and Doughboys and their bonus feed, and then you know a kind of like. This American Life, uh some other random smart ones, uh comedy bang bang. <laughs> but they're what, mostly they're mostly like, like dumb. By
1: the way, I like that you said smart ones and then you're like and comedy bang bang. You drew the <laughs> yeah, line. Right, right. No, what, what about those. just video game stuff? Um, yeah, not really. Uh really? The, I mean I listen to Min
3: Max on on weeks that I'm not on it, Thank you. but it's like I kinda the the video game podcast that I listen to that I really like is um Uh, Ranged Touch, which is kind of a network, does Game Study Study Buddies. That's uh, Cameron Kunzelman and Michael Lutz, which is like reading an academic book about games and they are both like English PhDs and then talking through it.
4: Here we go. Um,
3: But like, I, you know, respect to every game podcast, including this one, like all the conversations kind of sound like the one we had about Stray and I only need like (laughs) one of those. I I don't need a bunch of them. (laughs)
0: yeah I hear you how do we be different though without just being too novel because every once in a while I mean Leo we talk about this in our last content meeting about like should we just nuke the MinMax show because it's like our most successful show but at times it feels like the most conventional and it's like yeah do we just nuke it and like do a deep dive into a topic for every episode I don't know if that would be a net positive I think people they like the kind of routine of it in some ways you know
4: I think the best solution is to talk about things that other people aren't talking about yeah well
1: like Klinoa's which is why and... i want to talk about the 20 hours that i've put into metal gear survive have on you really? steam deck <laughs> see why did you bring that up in the monday meeting i don't know because i did i want to try to beat it <laughs> oh is it insightful i desperately so far? want to hear about that uh, what was your question hansen is it insightful so far i like I it blue, more than i thought blue. i would <laughs> if that makes sense really like I'm, I'm 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 enjoying it it's a it's a really good play for an hour a night before I go to bed on my Steam Deck game because like it's like alright I'm going to load up all my, my stuff I got food I got water I'm going to go out into the wild I'm going to complete a mission or two I'm going to move back alright that's enough for the night you know it's not really like a great sit down and play for like three or four hours at a time but like in isolated sessions over a long period of time I'm getting into it I, I, I'm enjoying it
0: <laughs> that's weird <laughs> Leo I feel like you, you should be prime for Middle Year Survive
4: isn't that kind of in your wheelhouse I really should be a stupid version of a good game that still plays good. Right. Yeah. Well, does, yeah. It, yeah
3: does it feel like Metal Gear Solid Five, like running around? Like does yes. it? Okay. Yeah. That, it, I mean, it's a good that's, feeling that's,
1: game. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like I love Metal Gear Solid ground zeros and five. And this is like, it's an excuse to sort of play with those mechanics in like a new setting with a story. That's like not as interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, it is very much like, you know, you're making your own adventure. Uh, like I'm, I'm finding people out in the wilderness and bringing them back, but I'm not like, you know, maintaining relationships with them or getting engaged in the story. But it's like, as far as just like going out and finding weird stuff, like it's, it's, it's working for me. I'm I having a good time with it. Look, I
0: don't want to lock anything down, but I would freaking love to watch a stream of Leo playing your like, Survive and then you join him in co-op, Kyle. I would really love to see that. Just theoretically,
1: you know, we need to is I'll finish it and then we'll. This is how we get Serial back to do some content. We'll do oh. a. Uh, We'll do a spoiled on Metal Gear Survive because he's the, the, the only person I know who's finished it.
0: <laughs> Kyle Min Max has only been around for three years. It's called Max Spoilers.
1: <laughs> did I what did I say? You
0: call
4: it spoiled so often. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we don't
1: We're own sure, on Steam.
4: Mixed reviews overall, recent reviews, mostly positive. There we go. Top review, I see. This ain't that bad. Crap. <laughs> did
1: the whole reason I started this thing, Jacob kicked off the internet's uh, re-infatuation with Revengeance. Yeah, as well yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the math. Metal Gear Survive is coming back around in that's the three, next three or four Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, like, it's almost like three... I, I, I did the math. I have to find the tweet. I think it's 2024, 2025. Smart. Get ready for Metal Gear Survive.
0: I'm going to set a reminder in my phone for Acid 2, um, because years <laughs> from now, that's going to be popping in a huge way. By the way, uh, Jacob... Um, have you ever talked to a friend of the show, Mark McDonald, the guy who, in my mind, was primarily responsible for the English script of Metal Gear Rising? Feels like, feels no. like you should talk to him at some point.
3: Jeez, I, yeah, it's, a,
0: it's like, should I meet my heroes? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun to line up at some point, actually. Remind me, write that down. Okay, enough about these content ideas. Oh, sorry, Leo, we didn't get to you. Did you have an
4: ideal podcast scenario? Just when I'm doing uh, brain-dead chores, washing the dishes, sweeping, yeah, cleaning, living. Uh, Starkiller writes in hey
0: Minimaxers do you have a distinction between your favorite game and the best game in a franchise for example I'd argue that Super Mario Odyssey is objectively the best 3D Mario game but my favorite is Super Mario 64 similarly Breath of the Wild may be the best Zelda game but Ocarina of Time is my favorite got any of those weird distinctions
1: I I mean, I'm on the same page as that last example. Like, I think Breath of the Wild is, like, an objectively better game, but Ocarina of Time will always, forever, until the day I die, be my favorite game because it just changed the trajectory of how I feel about video games as a a medium of artistic expression. Like, that was the first one that just, like, changed everything for me.
4: Yeah. I am a broken record on this conversation, but I don't think there's a best anything unless you can really measure it, like a sports player with the highest stats or whatever. There's no best video game ever. So therefore, it's only your favorite. So favorite
0: is all that matters.
4: It's I don't know. It's
3: like I think my favorite is like Mario Kart Wii, and I know that's not the best, but like (laughs) you know, (laughs) no, I get it. Just that's the one. I think there are some things where it's like if I there's kind of like a if I was trapped on a desert island, I would want this one because it's the best but if i was just gonna go and play something for an hour i want the one that i'm more like nostalgic for or whatever and that's kind of where it breaks down for me with like favorite versus best
0: yeah uh brandon scott writes in and says hey so last week y'all were talking about the batting average of annapurna's games as a big baseball fan i thought i would take a stab at it According to Metacritic, Annapurna's score distribution for reviews is 55 for Good and 15 for Mixed. The same game can have multiple reviews if it released on multiple platforms, though. If Good is considered a hit and Mixed is considered an out, then Annapurna's average is 55 out of 70, which is a .787. Sample size is important for averages, though, and 70 at-bats for Annapurna is roughly equivalent to only one month's worth of at-bats for an average starter in the MLB. Regardless, if Anaperna had a 10-year career with a batting average of 0.787, they'd be the greatest baseball player of all time, without a doubt, and better than most other publishers. But here are some batting averages for other publishers to give you some sense of scale here. Sony, batting average, 0.534. Microsoft Games Studios' batting average, 0.554. Wouldn't expect that to be higher than Sony's. Nintendo 0.575, Ubisoft 0.385. I'm I'm sorry Leo. I should have given you a heads up. I didn't want to, to get heartbroken on the show with that kind of data thrown at you.
4: This is fake news. <laughs>
0: okay. And From Software 0.480, which seems shockingly low for that as well. But there I we go. I guess if you're wow. counting like Armored Core I and guess, whatever. yeah. So if you really She's go back crazy. in the day, well, no,
3: okay. But here's where we need to get like real nerdy about baseball stats because there's yeah. batting average, but there's also like wins above replacement, where it's like if this person wasn't on the team, how would
4: they be doing? And <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, that's only we've only started to analyze
1: the statistics of these publishers. Hell yeah, come on, baseball nerds, have at us! You know how earlier you're talking about trying to explain video game terms to like right. parents, right? Right wins above replacement <laughs> i believe that's is what it that is that i was just like what what are, what are those words go together <laughs> yeah so oh, this is um yeah w-a-r so this is
3: like uh really the only reason war? i know about this is is john boys yeah the uh the best sports talker but like he has yeah. you know he has like a, a big documentary on like pitcher and he argues that it's like, look, this pitchers stats, if you just look at them on this one level are not that good. But if you look at like how many games the 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 team would have lost if he wasn't on the team, he's actually like the greatest pitcher of all time. Oh my God. Um, so it's it's really I mean, it's like, okay. you know, basically okay. moneyballing uh, whatever, like any any kind of player sport or whatever can be really interesting if you know how to kind of play with
1: those numbers. That's what I call it when I'm at the club. I'm money-balling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: Remember when Bobby Kotick was in that movie? Because
1: you're crying? You're money-balling? Like, how much money you're spending? Yeah, I wish I could spend money on any of these
4: attractions (laughs) here at the club.
0: (laughs) Do you want to hear about the perfect end of this rabbit hole, combining everything? I don't think this is a a secret, but I had a a meeting with Kelsey Lewin earlier today about some stuff that's very exciting that might be coming up here at MinMac soon. But um, she was talking about, like, just weird things that she collects, and she's like, Yeah, I I, I started collecting Mad Cat's, uh, I think it was like plastic baseball bats for the Wii because they had them licensed to each professional baseball team. <laughs> and she's like, I started collecting oh them because gosh. like they're like 10 bucks a piece and nobody else is collecting them, but it's such an obscure thing that I want to have them all. Like, and that and is... She's like a big baseball super right? Fan, right? Right, 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 That's yeah, awesome. That's great. It's very specific. Uh, Quentin Cassidy writes in and says, Hey, some news on Yakuza 8, the follow-up to Like a Dragon, trickled out this week, and it looks like it'll be a continuation of Ichiban and Friends stories. Are you all eager for this, or would you prefer a whole new crew? I think I recall Ben once saying that Like a Dragon has his favorite JRPG party members of all time. I think that's true. So I was on Acts of the Blood God, uh, the podcast hosted by Cat Bailey, who works for IGN. um, And I was on there with John Carson, formerly of Game And the point of the episode was like a bunch of RPG nerds and we all were debating the greatest JRPG parties of all time. And I think Yakuza came in at number two or number three, which I think is... Wild when you're putting it up against like every Final Fantasy, every JRPG ever. It's like that is damn impressive for their first real JRPGs to have it cast that good.
1: Um anyways, so, yeah. Uh, my, my my wife loves like a dragon. Yeah. She, to the point where she's like, I'm sad I beat it. I wish I could replay it fresh. Like I miss that game so much. And she and she's really gets annoyed with me at this point when I bring it up even. But I'm like, you know, there's seven other <laughs> games you can try. Interesting. And her response is always like I want to hang out with Ichiban. Yes, I exactly. I want to be with Ichiban. I don't care about this other that's, guy. And it,
4: you know? That's how, what people said uh, You know, going into it, loving Kiryu so much, and then they fell in love yeah. with Ichiban. It probably would go the other way, too. But I just got into Like a Dragon a couple of weeks ago. I'm like 20 hours in, and I adore that game. Really? So You're much. playing it for the first time? Yeah, for the first time.
0: Oh, my God. That's so bizarre because Janet's also streaming it and playing it for the first time, and... Sarah's streaming all the Yakuza games trying to get to it, so she's hoping by the end of uh, 2029 she'll be playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. No, well, we're going to be playing Metal Gear Survive. At oh, that that's right. We'll let her know. <laughs> we'll let her know. That's I love that Like a Dragon's having this weird resurgence as this Yakuza 8 couple of images trickled out, but all we really know from Yakuza 8 is it was showing off the studio and it had a couple screens, and it's like, okay, we saw Namba, saw some other characters, and then uh, Ichiban's hair is different. Like, he has his hair tied back, which... I don't know how I feel about it. It is funny in that game that, like, it was just like a mistake that his hair turned into the fro, but then he just kind of <laughs> stuck with it. I think there's something charming about that, but I guess logically, there's no reason for him to keep his hair that way right now. No,
4: it'll, there's going to be a dramatic thing where he realizes the strength of his hair at, at full potential. Oh, and he takes the
0: tie off. That's, that's my smart. version. You really, that's true. Um, yeah, how far are you in that game then? 20 hours? W- what type of stuff are you doing these days?
4: Um, I'm dealing with the Gomei Jewel for kind of the first time really meeting those characters and learning what they're up to yeah uh bond levels of four and five i really love the bonding stuff like as great as the characters are themselves it's also really interesting mechanically and fun to like go have meals and unlock secret conversations between two people about the type of food about the drinks you're having or whatever like that also makes you love those characters so much more yeah and you had played other yakuza games right
0: Zero and Ki- Kiwami, Kiwami 2. Okay. Six. How do you feel like this is stacking up to the other one so far? Because Like a Dragon's is the only one I've really sunk my teeth into.
4: I was so scared to try this one for the longest time because I was kind of Yakuza burnt out at the time it came out because yeah. there were so many in a row. But I was like, yeah, turn-based doesn't sound like my thing partially because I like the Yakuza combat, I think, more than a lot of people, the newer combat. Like, I really enjoyed the brawling. But it's, it feels like my favorite one so far. Oh, oh, I love that. I love that. I'm really loving it and having a lot of fun with the combat. That's so excellent to hear. Uh, the
0: Master DS writes in with our favorite commenter over there on Patreon said, Hey, everybody, missed joke opportunity. Um, someone should have used all their bullets on the last episode when claiming games, and then upon a good game being read out, should have said, Click! Oh, no, I'm fresh out of bullets. That would have been fun. Nice. That would have been fun if we did that. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Christian uh, Feliciano says, Hello, betting company. Power washer simulator is out now. Went 1.0, which I thought happened a while ago, because, I mean, Kyle, were you there? We streamed that, like, from the MinMax basement super early on. Do you remember that? Or was really? that Jeffem and I? Yeah.
1: I think it might have been you and Jeffem, Um
0: I believe you. That's right. I trust you. But now it's to a point where, yeah, where Square Enix is publishing it, and it, apparently it's just beloved. Uh, i got to check out the final version. Anyways, Christian says, It's such a satisfying game that it got me thinking. What other real jobs or mundane tasks would you like to see make the jump to gaming? I'd love to see a DualSense-supported... Oh well, hang on. I didn't read this ahead of time. I don't know how I feel about this. A dual sense supported scab removal simulator with the adaptive triggers and a ton of resistance at first, and then abruptly released with a pop. Uh,
4: <laughs> okay. Good so um, job is that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a um honestly kind of similar to power washing, but there are uh, there are videos on YouTube of like like a big pond basically like after a storm and someone wading in and like pulling stuff out of the storm drain and then eventually the whole like the whole pond just goes down the storm drain yeah. and I, like i think it would hit the same kind of like
0: primal satisfying you know buttons that that power washing does that sounds great i will tell you as somebody who's dismantled a beaver dam before in their lives not fun at all. It took a long time and they're really yeah, bad it, it was sucked. Yeah, but a video game. That's you could true. unlock new tools to use on it. Yeah, that would be fun. When did you dismantle a beaver dam? I don't want to go into my personal life, Jacob. Uh yeah, no, on the honeymoon, Beaver's homes. No, it was cuz uh back uh where I grew up out in the out in the boondocks there. Um we have like a there's like a old creek going into a lake and the beaver dam was like backing it up and it was a problem. So, like, okay, I guess we have to dismantle it. And so we just spent the entire day out there like tearing apart this beaver dam. And then if a beaver was in there, we just have to snap its neck real quick and just throw it to the side. No, that didn't happen, but it was empty. It wasn't being used, I guess. Um, have you guys, uh, I don't think I talked about it on the podcast, but have you seen Dinosaur Fossil Hunter, which came out this year?
3: Uh, no. I saw that I like... I like have that in Epic because I have a press yeah. account and it's just like, why is that in my library?
0: It is. It's one of those games it's like, oh, OK, I like dinosaurs, I like Jurassic Park, let's see how this goes. And then the more I was playing it and I, I streamed it, the more it's like, wait, I think this might kind of rule. Because like it starts out and you, you're you a kid falling in love with dinosaurs. So you're just like drawing pictures of dinosaurs and connecting bones and all this stuff. And then it jumps to, all right, now you're a professional uh paleontologist why am i forgetting this name <laughs> so going out and finding those dinosaur bones um and it is so absurdly sim based and there's so many steps for you to go through so it's like okay you want those dinosaur bones first you got to gas up the car get in the car go on the road on these back roads okay there's a tree down you have to get
1: out your chainsaw Wait, wait hold on hold on are, are you driving a car yeah or you're, is it you're like- a person
0: running around and then you get in a car to drive to the dinosaur site. So they have like driving
1: mechanics and physics? Yes, yes. Paleontology? Yes,
0: and then you have to get the chainsaw in your inventory and use the chainsaw to get through the trees to make a path for you to get to this site. Then eventually you get to the site, and then like, you know those, um, you remember the opening of Jurassic Park where they have like that weird thing that looks like a shotgun shell, and they're like, and they shoot it into the ground? You basically have to do that type of thing where you're like scanning for where the bones are, you find that, section that off, then dig down, find the bones, but there's also a bunch well, of hold rocks. On, hold on. Is yeah. there
1: a TV displaying the results? There is. If it's on a little it, screen. Does it, does it fuzz? I hate computers.
0: Hand? Isn't that a fun sound in Jurassic Park when he puts his hand on it? It's like, zzzz. Anyways, then you dig probably it out. the best sound in the whole movie. It probably is. Absolutely. <laughs> So then there's a bunch of like rocks that are like false alarms. You have to search each rock to make sure there's dinosaur bones within that. If it's not, then you have to like move the rocks aside. Then you get the rocks. You gotta carve out the fossil. Then you gotta put it in plaster. Then you gotta load it in boxes. Then put the boxes in your car, drive all the way back to the lab. Then you bring it back to the lab. Then you cut it open. Then you chisel around all that stuff. Then you clean the bones. And it's like, okay, you have the bone, this one bone from the skeleton. Once you get them all, then you connect them in a museum. Then you actually prop it up in the museum. And then you actually design the layout of the museum to make it like optimal way to look at this dinosaur skeleton it is just so what ridiculously and delightfully layered
1: application mechanics like I would like, not be surprised if you have, if to, you have to like use the bathroom you have to like oh
0: you haven't eaten in six hours yeah, they're saving there for the expansion I think kind of this the does sound cool round. I feel
1: like I'm being jokey and dismissive but like kind of cool. this seems like the right way to go about a game like this is yeah. like yeah just do everything
0: why not absolutely Um uh, yeah anybody else got a mundane
4: job that they want in a game i can't think of a mundane job i wouldn't want in a game to be honest yeah all games should just be mundane jobs
3: uh a a, uh like traffic booth toll taker
0: oh okay Mm -hmm.
1: you like that
3: uh no i was uh, suggesting that as a game i would not
1: want to play oh oh no papers please is like Close to that, sort of, and mm. that's an interesting. Thing. Okay, okay whatever, take it back. whatever happened to Lucas
0: Pope's Playdate game? Remember where you're like a bouncer on Mars? Did oh. they ever announce a release date for I, like?
1: I got my Playdate email this morning. I'm finally getting my hardware. Hell yeah! Which seems like it took a long time, but
0: yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. All oh, you're gonna love, Pick Pack Pop, baby, game of the year. Uh, Aaron Hurd writes in and says hey this might be a controversial topic uh, do you think gamers and other fans of nerdy stuff like Star Wars are especially toxic online or do you think that all these fans are just as toxic and we just notice these fans because it's the community that we're in I could be wrong but it doesn't feel like other fandoms are as toxic I can't imagine fans of Adele sending death threats to her if her latest album was delayed <laughs> I mean they're also probably I mean probably Swifties weird. send
3: death threats to other people to be clear so like it does happen <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, they usually have it coming though. Um because the princess <laughs> needs to be protected, uh Jacob.
1: Um I have I have like an unsubstantiated theory that it's, I mean I mean, like just the sort of the medium of video games is so you have such control over the sort of expression of the game, right? Like you are yeah. in full control. You dictate every element of it. So when something part of it, some part of that thing that you like comes is completely out of your hand and you have no control over it, I feel like maybe some people inappropriately get really upset about it, right? Like, maybe there's just, like, there. Uh, that's... Like, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of just, like... I don't know, because it's, like... Gamer rage feels exactly situation. the same as, like, The
3: Last Jedi rage, you know? Yep. So I feel like it's more kind of the idea of a nerd subculture versus anything specific to like the medium of gaming, just kind of like the audience that's been catered to
0: with these things. I think it's anything that you feel a deep ownership of. And I think that can get creepy probably with, with musicians and stuff. But I think like that ownership of like, no, those comic books felt really personal to me. Therefore, let me tell you how to produce the MCU. I think it is kind of that tone. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The one, the one that killed me recently was like freaking Ron Gilbert Uh, who had to just be like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about Return to Monkey Island anymore because everyone's lobbing too much hate my way because they don't like the art style. But that just made me embarrassed on behalf of all gamers. Like, man, Ron Gilbert is making a new Monkey Island game and he was trying to talk about it and everyone's screaming at him about the art style because it looks different because it's trying to look more unique and special. And like, you know, Jeff Gerstman pointed this out on his podcast too, but it's just, the weird thing is like, they're not 13 year olds like anybody who really gives a crap about monkey island these are adult men who are hating their creator for Mm. this miracle of them coming back to work on this franchise it is embarrassing
1: it sucks it's terrible yeah
4: i don't know how people can make games yeah when i feel like most of what they hear is just
3: horrible um but I do to to kind of answer the question. Oh, yeah. uh, I do think it's worse here, and it's it is it's too. not it's not something that I think we can just write off as like. Well, fandom communities are all bad, and we're gamers. It's like I do think it's kind of important to be like, no, this is like uniquely bad, and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like I I still I still think the uh the the shadow of Gamergate looms over a lot of kind of contemporary discourse, and like, I think there are kind of modern events that you can point to that feel like a, a, a resurgence of those sort of attitudes. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, uh you know, it's, it we can't, we can't just write it off as people being passionate means that they will be like rude sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's more, it's, yeah, it's much, it's bigger than that for sure. It's not just like, Oh, those jerks over there. It's, it's a problem.
0: Yeah. When like the star Wars Twitter account has to be like, glad you're enjoying Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, by the way, Everybody needs to relax about that new character, like the Sith Inquisitor that you all don't like. And what like you and McGregor had to record like a video in his car where he's like, hey, if you're a Star Wars fan, we'd appreciate it if you weren't racist. It's like, are we really at that level? It's just, well, I think, I
3: mean, it's like that's interesting because I think that was really a response to them like not doing that before where where they told, you know, like like Rose in oh, The Last Jedi. Interesting. They like yeah. didn't say anything. And then she got bullied off the internet and essentially out of the series right. and so it's, it's kind of nice to see that they are like taking a more active stance on that sort of thing yeah that's for interesting sure. I
0: didn't thought of it that way um, Adam Castellanos writes in and says do y'all have any irrational or completely illogical fears for example I'm terrified of vampires <laughs> Adam
1: look out Behind you right now there's a vampire uh,
0: yeah I have, I have so many of these uh, let me know if I'm neurotic for these um, first of all when I was a kid Other than like ghosts and stuff? Yes. uh, Okay. My biggest fear was I was going to get sucked down the tub. Like I wouldn't let my parents start draining the tub until I was out of that bath. And I remember this sort of thing because I'm like, I'm going to get sucked down that drain and it's going to be horrifying and it's such a stupid thing. But I feel like those level of irrational fears are still with me to this day. Is that
1: Edith Finch? Was that like a
0: horrifying
1: sequence for you?
0: No, this was just dumb baby brain. I, I got over it. But the one. Well, I mean,
1: clearly you're not alone, though, right?
0: Someone made a.
3: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I mean, what Edith Finch? No one gets sucked down the drain. No like one- that's yeah, not it's, the fear. It's, it's, yeah, it's bathtub stuff. I just yeah, it's
0: it's a lot of bad stuff. But now, uh, my two biggest fears are. <laughs> Isn't that how the baby dies? Gets sucked down the drain. <laughs> Look, it's a very abstract <laughs> game. People die in very strange ways
1: that don't make sense <sighs> in that game.
0: That's, that's very true. true. Um, but th- by the way, I didn't know that. Uh, Ben Esposito worked on Edith Finch, the neon white and Dornot oh. County guy. Yep. I didn't know that he went back there. I heard an interview with him.
1: Anyways, uh, my two biggest fears now. It was, that bait, it was that bat scene that made the hole get bigger and the baby went down it that he was like, hmm. That's
0: smart. We're connecting Dernot all the dots. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, my biggest fear is I'm convinced I'm going to die by tripping on the sidewalk and then going into the street as a bus goes by and I get decapitated. because. Well. I will because I trip all the time and I really think there's a chance that'll happen.
3: Uh, but, easily. We're laughing now. We won't be laughing. No, I, I give you permission to laugh. <laughs> Honestly,
0: if you, uh, in terms of the ways to go, that's probably upper 30%. Like, that'd be all right.
4: I, I'm Are, not laughing. You mean I'm in terms laughing. of quality? It's, it's when this happens, I'll be able to say I warned him.
0: <laughs> Don't go on you sidewalks. Try. The other one also involves me being a klutz where every hike I go on, I worry about tripping over like a tree branch or something, and then going down and then there being a rock right where my knee is, and then my knee explodes and I hit that rock. That is, okay. that's, I can't that's hike without that. thinking specific. about it, so.
4: Yeah, Yeah, you know, I'm with you on the vivid imagining the sequence of events that comes from you screwing up. I used to do that all the time on my bike of like, yeah, yes. I bump up this thing, get hit by a bus. Could happen at any second. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's easy to picture that stuff. But we um, pray
0: that you don't at home.
3: My my weird one right now, which I'll just share because it's it's different from y'all's, is I I really, uh, really hate mold. Which is like mm. an, a a logical thing, you know. It's like you don't want mold on your food, but it's like I I to an extent where it's like I get really freaked out if I have to like touch something that has like moldy food in it because. I don't know. I feel like it's going to like spread to me or something like it's, you know, almost, huh. almost like a last of us thing where I don't think I'm going to turn into a zombie, but I do think it's just going to like infect me somehow.
0: Right. Right. That's just some weird Dan Reichert stuff. Like you want to eat yogurt. Cause I don't know. Somebody told him. Oh, I eat yogurt all the time. Okay. I love good. those active cultures. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, Sam Kennedy writes in and says, Oh, by the way, Leo, it was fun to hear you on fire escape. Thank you. And it was Dan fun Reichert's to be podcast. on. Yeah, that was fun. It's,
4: did you know you're going to be talking about Hitman before you dove into that? No, I mean immediately before it was like we'll just talk about what you've been playing, and I said Hitman and Yakuza, and then Hitman ended up filling a full hour, which it, was like my dream come true. It was so fun just it, talking about Hitman with two other people who also respect the.
0: Yeah, it was super good. It was a super good Hitman conversation. I was very jealous. Like, man, I wish, I wish we could fuel Leo's love of Hitman as much, but like nobody here is as passionate about it as you are. They are. Uh, Sam Kennedy writes in and says, "Hey, man, Max, uh, how do you sleep on planes? Is there some crazy trick or position that works for you? Me personally, I've just accepted the fact that there's no way I'm sleeping ever during a flight.
1: All right, here's a good a good trick is yeah. become a dad,
0: oh. and then you can literally
1: fall asleep at any time in any position. It's like a dad superpower that all dads share. I I don't <laughs> know how it happens.
0: Interesting, I like it.
1: So that wasn't something you had at all before." I don't think so, but like I can instantly, like, like very easily fall asleep. I think this is uh, Jacob. Maybe, maybe you heard it too because you were talking about Doughboys recently. But Adam Pally and John Gabriel are promoting their new show a lot, and he was like, when they talked about it, I think on Doughboys, he was like, "Yeah, Adam Pally." This guy could if if we have a seven minute drive up the street, he just falls asleep immediately. And I'm like, yeah, that's because he's a dad. Like, that's exactly where that comes from. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know how your biology changes, but it just it makes it work. I, like I usually that. fall asleep before we even take off.
4: Oh
0: yeah. You
1: sleep so
4: your child can kill you and take your place. That's right. <laughs> do you
0: Speaking think of
1: irrational fears?
0: Do you all use the um the thing on planes where you pop the seat up and you can kinda like fold it a little bit? Do the little seat fold? No. You know that's, I, that's i'm like not like even a, aware
1: uh, of this what yeah that's like a person who's flown a lot and knows planes that's like yeah. a tip yeah this that's isn't like a, a first action. class thing i don't know if it's every flight but certainly delta you can like there's like just
0: subtle flaps that you can fold a little bit to rest your head they're not I great know. but it's something
3: i i am on team i will say uh i really don't think anyone should recline seats ever yep absolutely which which is i mean it's like it's weirdly controversial that i just thought it was like well yeah everyone feels that way and then anyone who reclines their seat is a jackass but like that's actually that's not you know people and it's built into the seat so i understand why you would think that uh it's fine but i uh don't
0: i'm with you taking the stand live with it everybody um yeah the 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 tray move is odd i don't know about that every once in a while i'll try that where you fold out the tray and then put your arms on that and try and rest on that yeah i've got it to work maybe once and uh, i mean i'm
3: i'm uh shorter than i think both you and leo so maybe it works for me better because i just have like a smaller torso so i can fold up more
4: (laughs) quit bragging i can't sleep on planes at all it's not worth trying for me the sleep, I, whatever sleep I do get is like useless. You know, I end up more tired than before.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, the good news is you'll probably rarely fly again with the state of the world, so.
1: I have a private jet. I use it oh, every I'll single done. day
4: twice. Oh, cool.
1: Pelican like Man. minute flights.
4: That's right. Yeah, to go to the <laughs> Dairy Queen across the street. <laughs> Pelican Man <laughs> writes in
0: and says, Now that we're largely through another game reveal season, what developers out there are you the most curious to know what they're working on? I assume we've all lost interest in Ken Levine and his stack of narrative Legos. Well, you know, he wanted to make that game, but it turns out Legos are really expensive, so the budget for the game just keeps ballooning and he can't quite piece those le- narrative Legos together. Um, yeah, I got I got one. I like this question. I always like to have one chamber for, like, what is the greatest mystery studio out there? Because for a while, it was Warner Brothers Montreal. And then they said, Gotham Knights! And I said, hey, okay. Um, but I think for and now... And
3: Rocksteady also.
0: Yeah, true. Um, but I think... For me right now, I think number one is Bonfire Studio, and they have been eerily quiet. So this is like Rob Pardo, who's the designer for StarCraft and WarCraft 3 and World of WarCraft, like a huge old Blizzard uh, talent. Um, he formed Bonfire Studio years ago, and like, you know, the director of Diablo 3 is there. Morgan Webb is there. It's like this weird all-star team, including a lot of former Blizzard talent, and they say on their site, quote, Our quest is to build legendary experiences that brings players closer together, united in a sense of adventure, exploration, and fellowship. Um, and then I checked their Twitter account. It has been silent since May 2021. So there's just been nothing. And then I was like, well, what happened May 2021? And I was like, this is probably, maybe a coincidence. But it's like, that's also, I think, when the stories about Blizzard and kind of the old timers at Blizzard and Blizzard culture really started hitting in a big way. And so I wonder if the studio is just like, let's go dark for a while so people don't connect us so much to that old Blizzard, despite of how much old Blizzard talent we have here. But that's me just reading too much into things. But does anybody else have a studio that they're super curious about?
3: Uh, I, can, I can, My boring answer is I point to the uh, last Guardian poster yeah. behind me. Yeah. It's just Gen Design. I just yep. want to know what my, my buddy Ueda is
1: doing. <laughs> that was uh, my answer, too. Yeah, yeah that's,
0: that's the correct answer. I forgot about that. Uh, Victor Fam writes in and asks, did the Poseidon princess in God of War 3 deserve to be killed by Kratos, where she was crushed by a door mechanism? Also, did anyone deserve to be killed by Kratos in the way that they were? Great question, Victor. It's funny, I didn't, cause you
3: didn't put the, the first half of this question <laughs> right, in right. the thing, because it's like, that's maybe his most, Kratos' most heinous kill, because it's like, she literally didn't do anything. And like he kills her would, with a she, door? It was like she was like a slave to Poseidon and there was like a big there was a thing where he had to like hold a door open and he just chained her to it and then he walked through and then it like came down. So totally undeserved. But, but that was back when the God of War series was good, you say, Jacob Geller? Yes. OK, uh, yeah, I would say most of the most of the other gods, probably yes. Like Ares, unquestionably, yes. You know, I think Zeus probably, Um Hephaestus didn't deserve what he got but like you know it's like the gods in that game were terrible like yeah. the the plot is like Kratos is horrible but also they're all horrible and so it's like I think they a lot of them had it coming.
1: Hot take, I take. <laughs> maybe like Hades weirdly
3: what did Hades yeah Hades was just like uh, yeah he wasn't really there. doing anything Um, I will also say in real life I'm against the capital punishment okay, but cool. in God of War uh, world they had it coming
0: <laughs> hmm yeah i guess god and gods that's all they do is dish out capital punishment that's kind of like their main thing yeah, on each other yeah for sure well against mortals too we think about it. Oh, david yeah, Dib- but that's why they needed to be killed i see david Dubs writes in and says hey y'all if you could go to a restaurant and be guaranteed to have the best burger you've ever had in your life what is the maximum maximum amount that you would pay for it
4: 22 dollars
0: so there's a $23 burger, but it was guaranteed to be the best burger. I well, think this not is not like, far from a burger that I would just get
4: in Durham. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I have principles, guys. Get used to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't like, I mean, I would, they're
4: not
0: billing I would it. pretty
1: high for like guaranteed best yeah. burger. Yeah, it's not just that, that they're say like saying that. 50, 50, 60 bucks probably.
0: I think 50 bucks is a good number.
1: Like half would, the burgers I eat, I
4: feel like are the best burger
1: of yeah. my life. That's a good. That's a great point. I like a a five guys burger. I've, I've I've rarely walked away from that meal being like that was one of the best burgers that ever. Would yeah, you guys? Is it like
3: you know? Is it better by like one percent? And then I guess also does it like <laughs> haunt you that it's like any other burger feels worse?
4: Something to think uh, about. Oh yeah,
0: the monkey's paw situation. <laughs> it's a great name for but a burger. But you've eaten
1: the best burger of your life presumably already. Have other follow up burgers been ruined because of that? Like no, I still no. enjoy a, a you know. Uh, a mcdonald's burger despite having at some point in in my life having eaten the best burger in my life do you all like five
0: guys burgers or parlor burgers from north
4: loop
1: in minneapolis more
4: i like five guys because you get a bunch of can get a bunch of crap on it parlor burgers like you have it the way we make it
1: and you make it yells at you for adding ketchup it's like a weird part of the experience (laughs) he's gone he's
0: gone the bad guy's gone (laughs) you can eat however you want now uh, Julius, oh, forgive me, Julius Janus Kavesius. maybe I was close, says, hello, a while back in one of the podcasts, Ben mentioned a band called Modest Mouse. I've never heard of them until then, so I had to look them up, and I'm so glad I did. I've been listening to them quite regularly since then, and I've managed to see them live this Sunday, which will be a memory for the rest of my life. Wow. Good Lord. Yeah, I, I'm happy to turn you on to these. Under the radar you, bands like Modest To discover Modest mouths? hell yeah, I, I love it. That band is very important to me. Well,
1: obviously they're playing shows. Unfortunately, yeah. Age,
0: uh, modest Mouse, as much as I love that band, they're very important to me in high school and stuff. Like live, not great. And they're one of those bands where, like, you know, I think the first time I saw them at First Ave in Minneapolis, uh, they came out and started singing, and it was probably like 30 minutes before Isaac Brock actually acknowledged, like, oh, by the way, hi, hi, Minneapolis. It was like one of those types of things. I don't know. I want a little more
4: talking. Anyways. Kyle, uh, they're not together anymore, so for their shows, they just play one after the other. They take turns. Yeah. Oh, That's <laughs> yeah. uh, Julius
0: asks, have you ever discovered something thanks to a podcast that otherwise you wouldn't have?
1: Constantly. Constantly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean... Uh... Well, no, Triple R was because of a tweet. My honestly my biggest uh my biggest thing here was just other podcasts. Like yeah. kind of the only way that I start listening to a podcast is if there's a very funny guest yes. on one that I already listened to and then I will go to their show. So it's like I started listening to Doughboys because I mean this dates it but like years ago they guested on town when I was listening to town and then yeah. blank check the people guested on um on the slash film cast, which I was listening to, and I was like, hey, this sounds like a better movie podcast. So <laughs> then I went to that. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's how I discover other
4: podcasts.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, if anybody wants to have me on their podcast, I'm happy to jump on. Because uh, it is like the greatest way, like, you know, we still get people coming and find this podcast, and they say, you know, because I always message people whenever they support us on Patreon and say, like, hey, how'd you find us and all this stuff? What kind of stuff do you want from us? And so many people would be like, oh, I just heard you on Triple Click. It's like, oh, that was a while ago. I think I was on like half an episode once, but it turns out just guessing another podcast is like the main way to like keep the circle rolling. Um, yeah, I was going to mention Blank Check, of course, too, because like I watched um, their new series where they're covering directors. Is they're doing Bob Fosse, who did a lot of musicals, and I didn't really have much experience with him. I was kind of like, uh, sure, I guess I'll listen to this series, Blank Check. Um, but uh, this is so basic, and I apologize. But they announced that Lin Manuel Miranda is going to be their guest for their next episode, covering all that jazz. I was like, all right, I want to really dive into that episode. And so I should check out one of these films. And it seems like All That Jazz is the Bob Fosse film to watch. And so I watched it a couple days ago. And I just had this moment of like, why don't I take more recommendations? Why don't I watch more movies that people recommend? Because there's a world of film that I am not exposed to. Because All That Jazz rocked my world. Like the way that film builds up till the ending, I was so damn into it. Um, Have you guys seen All That Jazz?
1: No, but I, sh- so, I, I do. But yeah, I, do. I, I should before the Sunday. It's
0: free on Tubi. So um, yeah, there it is. Free um, on Tubi. Yeah, and it's it's Roy Scheider from Jaws, you know? And like the way it starts out, it's like, is this even a musical? What is it? It's just about this kind of tortured artist and his life and his struggles. And then it, I remember we paused it at the halfway point and talked about like, where do you think this movie's going? And neither, neither of us had any idea. And then it was like the most interesting possible second half to a movie. And they just, cram musicals down your throat in the most interesting lens possible. So I, I loved it.
3: Did you see, while we're on Blank Check, uh, did <laughs> yeah. you watch the Little Prince, like his snake
0: dance yes, compared to Michael Jackson? Yes, yes, did we all do this? Yes. <laughs> yes. immediately
1: paused and went and looked this thing up.
0: So Leo, um, apparently uh, Michael Jackson, it's been rumored uh, that not only was he a composer for some songs in Sonic 3, but that he got a lot of his moves from this Bob Fosse dance for little prince is that the name of that mm-hmm. um and it's just like bob Fosse in the desert dancing but you go and watch and it's like oh these are clearly all of michael jackson's moves from like the early 70s and clearly michael jackson's just a fan and the funny thing is in all that jazz in the final number there's this move that they do to the camera and i think it's thriller where they just one for one take that move as well so it's fun tracing that stuff back um cody umbargar have you guys? Do you think you've ever had the the best Umbargar you're ever going to have in your life? <laughs> Anyways, but Cody writes in and says, "Hey, happy 1,000 days of Minmax." Thank. If that's cool. true, that's amazing. Fun. If you've done the math, that's unbelievable. Yeah, we should have done more. No way to confirm or deny. Thousand days is a lot of days. We should we should have conquered half the internet by now. Uh, T. Clark writes in and says, "My daughter and I love chips and salsa. All right, all right, uh, but we don't like chunky right. salsa. In fact, we'll put it in a blender before eating it. Are we okay?" <laughs> I get it, Ian. I mean, I recently got over my fear of chunky salsa because that was a deep fear. Um, But there's no shame here. You eat food the way you want to eat it. I I totally understand blending salsa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you have a way to improve it for your own taste,
0: hell yeah. All right. Uh, BetoQ92, howdy, MMs. Uh, when I was young, there was a strength mini game in Star Fox Adventures that I could not complete. It was so hard, I brought my GameCube to a family party and had everyone try it, but to no avail. Uh, now when is I... this mini... Would this be, like, a, like, push the button really fast? Like, is that what the minigame game? I don't know, be? I wonder, yeah, if anyone knows. that's
3: what, the, they had strength mini games in, like, Mortal Kombat where you yeah. just
0: have to push it unbelievably fast. Test your might. But look at the like, this family party. I hope there's, like, adults there, just like estranged uncles, was like, Unky! Star Fox Adventures, <laughs> tap the button! This is my own headcanon for Beto's question. But anyways, like, Beto says, Why
1: is it the R-Wing? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> this looks like it was formerly called Dinosaur Planet!
0: Anyways, Beto says, now when I play it, uh, Cakewalk. Why could no one in my family, around 2003, press the A button faster than the dinosaur? <laughs> do you have any questions, or so do you have any games that were impossible <laughs> when you were... <laughs> Do you have any questions about my experience? Do you have <laughs> I'm any- wondering if they played it on emulator or anything. Mmm. Yeah, but they're wondering, do you have any games that were impossible when you were young, but now they're completely a breeze?
4: I uh, couldn't beat the last level of Simpsons Hit and Run as a kid, except with cheats, and I tried so, so long. And then I did it on stream not too long ago. I was there. Yeah, that's right. It was like second or third try I beat the last level. Mm-hmm. I was prepared to go all night until I beat it, but it was a breeze. Nice. Well, not a breeze. I was really good, and I don't want to undersell
1: that. Well, yeah, your skills are a breeze. I get it. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of like being me. <laughs> <laughs> going back to like old Game Boy games are mm. like surprisingly like I breeze through them now because it was my first console, right? So I was struggling with like Super Mario Land 2, six gold coins. Yeah. And I think uh like in late high school i i found a copy of it at like um you know uh, a secondhand game shop and i beat it in like one sitting in like two hours and i was like why was this so hard when i was a kid and i'm looking forward to having that experience again when the ninja turtles um, right right. collection comes out because i played that game boy ninja turtles game so much and i'm wondering if i play it now if i'll just breeze through it and like and with no problem probably yeah Uh, uh
0: Aaron T. says, hey, crew, uh, the interview with Pixar's Tasha Sonart that you did on your channel got me thinking about the good old days of 6 out of 10 licensed games. Where's our Coco 3D platformer or John Wick third-person shooter? What killed licensed video games like movie tie-ins?
1: Mobile games. Mobile games. Mobile d- eh. games. Budget. It's so much more expensive to make even a sort of 7 out of 10 game now than it was back then. Mm-hmm. Is, is there an mm-hmm. argument for the last
0: big movie tie big but you know console release of a movie tie in game jumanji the next level remember they made well, that a, weird there's game? a
1: there's a one based on that pets game uh the super pets oh is there really yeah it looks like Star Fox it's like an on Rails shooter for consoles.
0: Oh I'm kind of interested in seeing that thing. Leo you look yeah. struck by that Jumanji thing. Is that too old do you think? I'm no I'm wondering I hadn't heard of that game. We streamed it. I remember it Avatar the being era. the
4: end of that era, but certainly there's been a few outliers since Yeah.
0: Then. I really want to play that Avatar game in 360. I think we talked about this last week, but anyways. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening to the interview with Pox, uh, Poxars, Pixar's uh, Tasha. Uh, also, Kyle, thanks for listening to that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, great interview. You got a surprising oh, amount of like uh, Toy Story lore out of her. <laughs> <laughs> like confirming what material he's made of and stuff like that
3: yeah yeah uh, wait what was and um, i haven't listened to it yet what
0: what's the answer to woody's head oh he's made out of plastic in toy story oh, okay, 4 they confirm he's made of because someone steps on him at some point yeah you no know, in toy story 4 it happens yeah but i was so shocked when that happens like he's made out what his name is woody but i think it's maybe a connection to like the old marionette early days of woody's design
1: that maybe i was connecting it to too much but can I can I spoil take this moment? I've been meaning to do this for years. Can I spoil something about Kingdom Hearts three for everybody? Is that okay? Is everybody mind? heads up listeners? Yes, yes, uh, you may. I've always I I I don't know. I thought so when you get to the Toy Story world in yeah. Toy Story three, Hanson. Yeah, I watch the full cutscene. Right? You yeah, press yeah. the button to go there, and a super like incredible uh, pre rendered cutscene happens. That looks like an unannounced, like Final Fantasy game that never released. Yeah. it's like incredibly expensive. It's like Kojima making commercials levels for Metal Gear Solid. It's whatever. 4 ver- versus of, like,
0: Rex or Vernon Rex, or whatever. it's Okay, called.
1: so you're familiar with this? You, I, you know I, about this? I watched the yeah the whole. Okay, cutscene. I wanted to make sure you saw that because I that was like the it's it's basically keep going. I don't know anything yeah. about it. So it's like this crazy pre-rendered cutscene that looks like a final like a Square Enix game. And then what it basically does is it pans back, and you realize Rex was watching it on TV. Right. And it's it's all context for like the non-familiar toys that are going to exist in that level. They're all based on this video game that came out within that alternate universe of Toy Story 3 in yes. Kingdom Hearts 3. And it's just one of the... It's like very... It just really threw me off and surprised me, and it's, and it's like it's if you go look at the cutscene, it's like this is like in the middle of Kingdom Hearts. They spent so much money on this thing for it to just be like I don't know an Easter egg, borderline. I guess you could well, say it's, it's like it it it's weird.
0: And this is especially weird to somebody who hasn't played uh, much of Kingdom Hearts, but knowing things or two about the lore. But Verum Rex is the name of it, and it gets especially weird because it seems like it's going to be a big component of things moving forward. Is that Verum Rex, which is like inspired by the original version of Versus 13, which is really a bizarre rabbit hole to go down. Um, But then what blows my mind is hearing how, from Tasha's perspective at least, like initially Pixar didn't really want to be involved or have worlds in Toy Story 3, and she had to convince them to let this happen. So it's like, if she didn't convince the heads up or the higher ups at Pixar that Toy Story should be a world, then like how would Verum Rex have been incorporated into Kingdom Hearts for such a big component now. It's interesting. I don't know. Um, That's a rabbit hole. We apologize. Phil Yeatsteak has another rabbit hole question. Hey, crew, uh, which is officially cooler, motorcycles or helicopters? All right, we're all going to say it on the count of three. We're all going to say it on the count of three. Motorcycles or helicopters? Here we go. One, two, three. Helicopters. Motorcycles. Motorcycles.
4: Motorcycles.
0: All right, Leo, thank you for choosing the correct site. Motorcycles are better than helicopters?
4: you guys high? Why why is name one reason a helicopter is cool. Uh, they hover fly through my they don't fly through my neighborhood making loud ass noises (gasps) that scare me and my family? They don't? Motorcycles that's all they happen to not be in my neighborhood. Motorcycles are in my neighborhood. It's like helicopters are
3: like rich people's bullshit. motorcycles. Neither of them are cool. What? helicopters are cool it's like would you rather watch a motorcycle or a helicopter scene in a movie motorcycle every time
4: would
0: i rather watch mission impossible 2 or mission impossible fallout uh fallout <laughs> thank
3: you uh, mission impossible 5 has a motorcycle scene in it that's
1: like one yeah. of the best chases in the series. i guess that's fair that's true but i don't I mean, you look you look cool riding a motorcycle and you can jump off and do like acrobatics a helicopter you're just yeah, It's sitting like the there,
3: person like, who's like fo- cool in a helicopter isn't even the person driving it there's just, it's like right. every helicopter scene is just like, there's just a pilot who never talks.
0: Yeah, this isn't about who's cooler driving it. Just, I think, as a vehicle, what's cooler? And there's no doubt a helicopter is cooler. I mean, Leo, I don't care for the snobbery. We're like, neither are cool. If I said like, hey, man, you want to come over and go for a helicopter ride? You'd be like, hell yeah, that's cool. You're cool. Let me kiss you. <laughs>
4: oh. <laughs> I, I yeah, think that's a Japan different Japan question. You, you, you don't think that's... You would think that's cool.
0: If you got to go on a helicopter ride, that's a good frickin' day, man. Are you
4: getting a tattoo of a motorcycle or a helicopter? Which one makes you cooler?
0: Well, motorcycle. I think it, could it be the Yoshi helicopter from Yoshi's Island?
1: No. That's <laughs> that is like guy. cooler than than either.
0: Okay, that's tricky.
1: Yoshi, that's a nerd, he turns into a car and a helicopter. He actively avoids motorcycle because he knew he wasn't cool enough.
0: For that's him. right. Oh hang on. <laughs> Janet's watching us live janet you're supposed to not to be thinking about games um, but janet says motorcycles so i guess the answer is motorcycles uh chris logan writes in and says hello ben and the boys uh quick poll <laughs> sorry strike me laughing from the record it's just sometimes when i forget what questions i'm including and they have a dark turn it makes me laugh and I, that's a morbid sense of humor okay all humor removed <laughs> Uh, Quick poll. Did Kobe Bryant's death and the circumstances surrounding it make you cry at any point? My theory is that Kobe Bryant's death made the most men cry in the world compared to any other celebrity death. I'm not even a big basketball guy, but a few stories and memorial services definitely got to me. I think this is such a great question. What celebrity death made the most men specifically cry?
4: JFK would have been up there, right? Ooh.
0: That's a good one. Do you think, okay, just men in particular, do you think more men were emotionally gutted by JFK or Kobe?
3: Cause we can I guess just, they're just more people now. You know, it's like the outreach yeah. is bigger where people would find out. But I, JFK, to me, feels, I mean, as someone who was not alive nor really that emotionally affected by either.
4: Here we go. Um, Here we go. JFK, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I, okay yeah I, i'm curious both what is the most in numbers and what is the most percentage wise right because i have only cried at one celebrity death in my life and that was harris whittles Oof. which oh, was so young fun. and so
1: out of nowhere yeah. well it's funny. i it's thought so the sad. question was going to be has a celebrity death ever made you cry and leo and i i we talked about this at some point but harris whittles was like a celebrity death that really caught b- both of us speaking for leo like caught us off guard and was like whoa that that guy I feel like I knew him you yeah know? just from podcasts yeah. and I and
0: imagine stuff. percentage wise that would be up there yeah that's interesting
1: I'm sorry percentage of
3: like percentage of people who know him
4: yeah yeah okay uh, maybe, does, maybe. Does, maybe for no totally no protecting <laughs> <laughs> is no, um, him, yeah.
0: is Jesus a celebrity oh he's kind of the first celebrity no one well, his no tears one were in the local
3: area would even know about Jesus yeah I guess that's true they didn't have phones he also came back. No, but like
4: I, not at time. I cry time. every good Friday and I have a then I have a great ass Easter. I'm so happy. Yeah. So he's back. He's back. That is <laughs> tricky.
0: Um all right, full pivot. Uh Mick Creck Kenway writes in and says, Howdy, min cats, that's us. I just wanted to weigh in on predicting punchlines with an instance when it's always okay. My family does Christmas crackers every year, and they have really pun heavy jokes inside. We are always trying to guess the punchline specifically to predict how bad the pun will be in these Christmas crackers. I'm gonna give you one example, but why not make it a game? I'll yes. give you a Christmas cracker joke, and you try to guess the punchline. All right, just really lean- Okay, Leo. What do you think the punchline is for this Christmas cracker joke? What do you get when you cross a snowman with a vampire?
4: Uh Snowman of Vampire. Uh Cold-blooded. I guess everybody can jump in. We
0: need the hive mind for this one.
4: Yeah, anyone's welcome. Yeah. Uh, A cold. Snap your neck.
0: Uh, no, snap.
4: Not so A much frostbite. Hey, Leo, Vetter! You did it. The your, king of bite, comedy. Your bite gave it away. There we go. Uh, uh,
0: hey, who is El? Oh, damn it, I blew it. Maybe not though. Who is Santa's favorite singer?
4: Elfton John.
0: De- <laughs> very <laughs> close, very close Elvis Presley, everybody
4: um, uh, Okay uh, Elves Presley
0: That's that's maybe a better way to phrase it Why are pirates great? Uh, they, <laughs>
4: they just are, just are. There. Yes, yeah, Way yes. to go We can
0: do it Love it <laughs> What do you call a
1: reindeer who can't see? Blind deer
0: Come on, Kyle, grow up, dude
1: I don't know why that made me laugh, uh, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> uh, no idea!
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Use okay. these jokes at home, everybody. Entertain your friends! Annoy them! Wait, uh, a, bl- a blind deer? A ra- I
1: have no idea. What do you
0: call a reindeer who can't see? No No idea. Okay. No I, no I have no, I, I, no I idea no idea slash
1: why. I, no yeah, yeah. yeah. I see now. All right. Hang on, we she lost Jake Color.
0: Understandably. <laughs> uh hey, what do you two like for question of the
4: week? Uh I like the conversation about toxicity. Good points yeah, for everybody on good.
0: That. I like that. I feel like we've answered that one before, but I didn't want to say it at the time. Um okay. I like the scenario about listening to a podcast. I like the baseball stats. I think that's fun. Uh Yakuza 8 led to a little baseball discussion. Baseball stats there. were great.
4: Shouts out to that person for doing that. Yeah, that one had research.
0: It is true. Uh, The Star Fox mini game. I like motorcycles or helicopters. I like the jokes. Jacob, do you got? uh, Are you leaning some direction for question of the week? Um,
3: Let's see. Can I tell you the the question I'm most mad that you didn't bring up? Yes, please. Uh, Why do people still remember Boom Blocks?
0: (laughs) Yeah, somebody (laughs) did ask that. I'm sorry I didn't include it. Um, Do you Um, want to answer that? Great. I kind
3: of like the burger hypothetical
0: <laughs> burger hypothetical solid burger hypothetical solid um uh, i i i should we give it to baseball stats let's do
1: it baseball stats i
0: mean i think that's pretty damn impressive and we talked about it. It. that one yeah good. brandon scott congratulations you just won grim fandango one of the greatest of all time on playstation thanks to im8-bit uh now it's time for something that we call get a load of this <laughs> We don't even need the jingle. We can just sing the jingle before we get to the jingle. I think. Oh, uh, my money doesn't jingle, I'm jingle. Right. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody, uh, get a load of this! Somebody mentioned this on a podcast, and I was dumbfounded. It seems like one of those facts that I should know, but I'd never really thought about it. Uh, BBC has an article. Um, the headline is "More than half of your body is not human," says scientists. Uh, human cells make up only 43% of the body's total cell count. The rest are microscopic microscopic colonists. Understanding this hidden half of ourselves, our microbiome, is rapidly transforming our understanding of diseases from allergies to Parkinson's. And there's a scientist here that says, uh, what makes us human is, in my opinion, the actual combination of our own DNA plus the DNA of our gut microbes. Isn't that insane? More than half your body is not human. Oh, that's such cool. a weird idea, but it's cool. Uh, links below for all these fun little stories. Kyle, what do you got?
1: Uh, okay, so this is... This was... Uh, somewhat, this, there's this Twitter account called uh, Reggie underscore 800 that just shares, like, Nintendo facts. And they're sourcing this from uh, this... Uh, uh, Did You Know Gaming's Metal Gear Solid's <laughs> Cut Content video? Yeah. Uh, which features David Hayter, funnily enough. But there's oh, yeah. this quote that's- from Kojima... In that video, apparently, or, you know, that they talked about in that video, that says, A while ago, I played Pokemon Gold and Silver with my son. Until I played it, I didn't understand at all what was so interesting about it, so I wasn't very excited at first. Actually playing it, though, was a huge surprise. It was like, I had no idea there was such a great game out there. I wound up finishing it twice. I was so addicted. I think Peace Walker works something like that. It's got a bit of Monster Hunter and Pokemon, and it's even got a bit of SimCity to it. I, I just, I just really like the idea of Hideo Kojima like being obsessed with Pokemon Gold and Silver to the point where he played it twice.
0: Do you think that he had a tough time against that mill tank?
1: Yeah, yeah, I bet he really <laughs> struggled. Bet, yeah, it's terrible.
0: Uh, Jacob, now that you're here, what, what do you got? Yeah, get get a load
3: of this. It's just, it's not, it's not particularly academic. It's just a TikTok that I've watched like forty times in the past two days, which is just. <laughs> A guy doing an Ira Glass impression (laughs) talking about the new Minions movie. That is like one of the best impressions I've ever seen. And it's just like maybe it's just it's very specific because you don't see a lot of Ira Glass impressions. But it's like it is not only the voice, but the words he has chosen to say (laughs) are just like... You know, I I don't know. Maybe maybe there aren't that many this American Life heads out there. But like, if you have listened to any of this show, it's
1: almost uncanny. <laughs> I love it. There's, there's a link a, below. There's this show, this podcast called Newcomers with Lauren Lapkus and uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, she was, I can't remember her name off the top of my head for some reason. Uh, Nicole um, Byers. Nicole Byers, thank you. And they were they had Patton Oswald to talk about um, uh, the Eternals, the Marvel movie, and he just had this little tangent where he did an impression of David Lynch trying to understand uh return of the jedi and explain to george lucas why he turned it down <laughs> and it was like a good david lynch impression and i was like i don't this is for me i don't know else this is more because even uh Lapkes and buyers are like oh that's great thank you for that uh let's move
4: on to the next topic <laughs> kyle
1: i hope you liked it uh leo you got one
4: yeah, get a load of this. Uh, I had one locked away that I ended up talking about on Firescape, uh, which was a Hitman video that's really interesting, so mm-hmm. check out that uh, podcast to hear more about that. So I have a backup Hitman video Hell to talk yeah. about, Hell Don't yeah! Worry. Uh, it's called Silvio Caruso's Worst Day Ever, and what the player does is just uses every different way you can mess with one of the targets in Sapienza, Silvio Caruso, to just mess with him and to not, like, ever do the kill opportunity that comes from oh, it. No. It's just to terrorize this NPC. So, like, you bring him flowers for his mother's grave and he follows you to the grave and asks for a moment of peace where you can garrot him or whatever. And the person, you can't throw the flowers. So the delivery guy player puts the flowers in a briefcase and then chucks the briefcase over, the, over into the ocean right in front of him. And he terrorizes silvio with like thinking his mother's still alive something you can do on the map until he goes running towards his like escape plane and then the guy detonates the plane because he'd already put a remote explosive on it so <laughs> silvio can explain escape and then he calms down he's doing his thing again and the player takes a emp gadget a remote detonated emp and leaves it where he comes and finds it he goes picks it up puts it in his pocket Then walks down later to like the virus you have to destroy on that map that he's working on. The super secret kill anyone virus. And you detonate the EMP pulse in his pocket and it destroys the virus. So he just like destroys it on accident. It's such a funny way to play with that game's uh, rich mechanics. And if this player, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, uh, does amazing. That's cute. That's fun. That's
0: Funny. cute. Uh, hey, uh, in the community discord, Nick from Atlanta posted a get a load of this and they get a load of this channel, which is always flowing with interesting tidbits. Um, they posted a tweet from Wesley LeBlanc, who we talked about was recently laid off by Game Informer by GameStop. Um, and the tweet from Wesley uh, just says, I'm returning to Game Informer. Uh, this is a wild flipper But uh, as far as I understand it, what happened is John Carson, Jeff Akovich, Wesley LeBlanc, uh, were fired from Game Informer. We talked about it on the podcast last week and we had them on Party Chat for the Patreon-exclusive podcast talking all about the inside story. Um They were all fired. Jill Grote, friend of the show, who's been on this podcast several times, current Game Informer employee, well, Game Informer employee at the time, um, she hated the idea of the layoff so much that she decided to leave Game Informer and as she left therefore and that must be a really unrelatable feeling for you (laughs) exactly yeah it's really bizarre Mm -hmm. right it's a weird similarity um but then her leaving left an opening and then game informer's like oh can we just have wesley back um and then wesley leblanc was brought on back at game informer but wesley has a tweet it's linked below that's kind of just a him working through his feelings i'm like hey I, I like I like his post about it. I'm like, yeah, every complicated yeah, feeling good. you can imagine I have about this, but I guess I need a job, so I guess I'll take my old job back, even though they just, you know, stabbed me in the back not too long ago. GameStop did, not Game Informer, but it's just a weird situation. Real twist and turn over there. Um, But John Carson is still out in the wild, so if you have a job opening, throw it his way at John underscore Carson on Twitter there. Uh, All right. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. Sorry it was a long one, but thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. All that fun stuff. Jacob Geller, you have a new video, do you not? I do have a new video. It's called
3: uh, Every Zelda is the Darkest Zelda. Um, It's doing quite well. Nice. uh, So you can watch that on YouTube. And also, uh, two plugs, I got new merch uh just as of yesterday and it's really it's really cool looking and i don't think it screams youtuber uh so you know if you want to get something that's hopefully not too embarrassing you can get a cool poster or hat or a, a mug stuff like that
0: i love it um leo by the way uh somebody at the community bike ride I'm sorry i forget who it was uh they showed up wearing uh your t-shirt
4: oh huh. and they said is leo here i said uh well he wouldn't be caught no. dead at this thing.
0: <laughs> Yeah, how dare you?
4: <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I invited him and he just laughed. Yeah. Spat in my face. Uh Leo, you got anything to plug? Uh hube.com slash Leo Vader, check out my essays on there. New one coming next week. Hell yeah, love it! Uh, also, party chat again. It's our uh, weekly bonus podcast. If you
0: unlock that bonus podcast feed over there on Patreon, you can more than double the amount of podcasts from MinMax every single week, and you help support us in a big way. Uh, this week, we took a lot of calls from the community, had a good time, talked about a ton of things. Uh, Sarah Podorsky was on. We talk about her history of JRPGs. Uh, we talk about some good behind-the-scenes dirt at MinMax, and we talk about how we're what we talk about in that episode. And this is a tease of that. Episode is in that episode, we tease some changes coming to Minmax uh, next week, which are going to be positive. So, look forward to some fun announcements early next week here at Minmax. Should be a good time. And there might even be some new Patreon tiers waiting for you as well uh, next week because we are getting so close to our trek to Shrek. We really want to hit that goal. Also, heads up, everybody, that heads up, look out, uh, Monday. July 25th at 8 p.m. Central is the next episode of Trivia Tower. This isn't any old episode of Trivia Tower. This is a video game trivia competition where it's going to be the MinMax community versus the Giant Bomb community. Dan Reichert will be joining us as the co-host. And so the way it works, if you support us on Patreon at any tier, you get access to the Discord, which is where you compete in game trivia. We have codes for oh, Escape Academy, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, uh, Klonoa, whoa we have a ton of game codes to give out and an Wave 40 headset to the last person standing which by the way is worth hundreds of dollars um so we have all that but the catch is that it's going to be the min max community versus the giant bomb community so if you're in the giant bomb discord you will get a link where you can compete in trivia tower for free so here's how it works if the last person standing in trivia tower is a giant bomb community member Giant Bomb wins and Dan Reichert wins, and evil inherits the earth. But if the last person standing is a MinMax community member, then MinMax wins and good prevails. Um, And we had to put some stakes on it. So it's kind of fun trying to come up with like, okay, what are the stakes for this? Dan's gonna be a little bit of a jerk, but what's the right level? So if Dan Reichert and Giant Bomb wins, the last person standing for Trivia Tower, uh, Dan is going to choose any video game he wants, no matter how bad, and I will have to stream through the whole thing on MinMax's Twitch channel.
4: The whole thing? The,
0: the agreement was under 10 hours. That That's was That's good, I'm glad you had that situation. He original, got
4: you with that. His original pitch <laughs>
0: is he's like, oh, you gotta do a deepest dive. And I'm like, I'm not gonna bring three other people on to play through this turd of a game for 10 hours, Dan. So a solo stream is, is gonna be how we're gonna handle it. And if we win, if MinMax wins, then I'm going to have a bonus Twitch stream where we're going to design a T-shirt together that Dan Reichert then has to wear in every Giant Bomb and Dan Reichert stream and fire escape podcast for an entire week. Every recording he has to wear this T-shirt, and I don't even know what the T-shirt's going to be. We're going to work on it together. Like, what is uh, the most over-the-top T-shirt that you could make, just, Dan Riker? Uh, just Reichert play wear. TKO, and then like the winner of that. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's not a bad idea so help Team MinMax win please prove that you know a thing or two about video games by supporting us on Patreon and competing in video game trivia this Monday uh, July 25th at 8pm central let's know if you have any questions about how that all works Um, and if you want to help support us in a big bad way you can always become a game champion choose any game under the sun we'll officially declare you the champion Divorced Cougar otherwise known as Mike M they chose a game after my heart and I'll assume Kyle's heart Elite Beat Agents is what Divorced Cougar is officially the champion of Good choice. Again, hell yeah. Uh, Tanner chose Snowboard Kids 2. They're officially the <laughs> champion of Snowboard Kids 2. And they are uh, very into exclusive? It. Hell yeah. So, Jawar yeah. Hello chose Borderlands. Interesting choice. No one had taken. Classic. Nick Philo is officially the champion of Viva Pinata. Now we are getting to it. So next week we're also going to have the big poll. I think it's going to be a combination of Patreon and Twitter for this poll to determine which game the community wants us to make bonus content about. Which game that people have chosen is a game that they're officially the game champion of. Out of all these options, we're going to have that poll. We're going to choose or you all are going to choose which game is the last one standing. And then we're going to work with that person who championed that game to make a bonus piece of content all about that game. So it should be a fun time. All right. A lot of stuff coming up. A lot of stuff in the past. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Fun stuff on the horizon for MinMax. Any help letting us hit that goal over there on Patreons appreciated.
4: All right. Everybody feeling good?
0: Ooh. Podcast, hey, I Podcast. I can't wait to podcast.
4: listen to this while doing dishes.
0: Hell yeah, it's gonna be fun. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate it. Be good, have fun, let's go.